right, everybody. Welcome out to the Domesticated Savages podcast. This week, we've got a special episode because Jeremy's not here. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've got Fitz. Hello. How you doing, Fitz? So good. And I've got one of our conspiracy bros, one of our conspiracy brethren. The other one couldn't make it, but we've got Dave. Howdy. Hi, Dave. I'm glad to have you back. I've really enjoyed the times you've come on before, and I'm yes. excited to get into some more deets today. Alan couldn't make it. Alan's having a baby. Alan's having two a babies. baby. Two babies. He's having two yes. babies. Do that, Real babies. Like, do they come out of his pee hole? Or... <laughs> and it sounds like he's having them right now. Oh. <laughs> like right as, as we speak. Speaking. As we speak. They're, as we speak, those babies are exiting are his pee hole. Born. A.K.A. his Urethra. <laughs> okay, that's weird. <laughs> Pretty sure his wife's having the babies. But still, Ew, congratulations to him. Babies. Hopefully everything Whoa. goes well. Whoa. What? <laughs> I'm just saying. Congratulations to him. Hopefully yes. everything goes well. And uh, we'll mention you on the podcast for posterity. Your, your kids yeah. on their birthdays later on can listen to the podcast episode and think, hey, dad wasn't there. Thanks, dad. They're like, hey, I was born on this weird ass episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Dave's up there just <laughs> talking about aliens. Thanks, we, dad. Hey, blow the claps off, bro. Oh, shit. Sorry. It's all right. So today right, we're talking about illegal aliens. Yeah, oh, is that what we're talking about? Illegals? We can. Illegal? This is America. We can talk about <laughs> America. what we want to. I don't know if you can though, because did you see that motherfucker who got murked by the FBI for saying some stuff online? Did you hear about this? Three hundred pound, five foot four cripple got shot in his house by the FBI because oh, he that's had beautiful. He, he had posted some stuff online yeah. about some dreams he had had about murking Biden. Uh huh. And so the FBI shows up at his door Okay. and they're like, Hey, we want to come in and search your house. And he says, screw you. Don't come in my house. You ain't coming in. He's like, seven, uh -huh. how old is this guy? 75. 75. And he's posting. It was very clear that it was a dream. And well, that's what he had posted. Well, he was posting oh, some outlandish shit. Like he was posting some alarm, alarming stuff. Uh huh. But I mean, if I, if I reacted like this, every time I received a threat, yeah. Uh, it would be unacceptable. If we yeah. acted like this every time we received a threat, I'd have like mm. 50,000 kills under my belt. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd have a lot of kills. Kill streak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd have a lot of kills under my what, belt. What is a 50,000 kill streak? Is that like a nuke? Like, yeah, pretty do much. Do you get? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think the, the thing that gets me is that this guy, he has to walk with a cane. Yes. He's four, five foot four, 300 pounds. He's a hefty boy. I mean, that is, um, that is a, I don't, I bet you that that's a hard, uh, physical physique to obtain yes. and maintain. Yeah. Right. You got to work hard for that. Bob. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. It's a lot of sitting around a lot. And of he's yeah. a member of the local clergy, uh, leadership in his area. Oh my gosh. Yes. So like. This gets better. And he's, all his neighbors love him. Yeah. Like legitimately. Like yeah. not just like, oh, this poor boy, this boy was such a good person. You see these, a street rat, right? Sure. No, no, no. This guy was actually an upstanding member of his society in the place that he lived. Yeah. And the FBI Sounds shows like up. It. The FBI shows up. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. These are the deeds that I know. And I've checked them recently, but not really recently. So some more stuff may have come out. But basically, the FBI shows up, says, hey, we want to come in. He says, nope, don't come in here. You ain't coming to my house. And they said, fine, we're going to go get a warrant. He's like, fine, get your freaking warrant. So yeah. they go get their warrant. They come back. I don't know if that is a no-knock warrant or what they did it as. 6.15 in the morning, they apparently attempted to breach the front door with a ram. Couldn't breach the front door with a ram, so they drove the bearcat in through one of his windows. So it sounds like it was a no-knock. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I think so. Unless that attempted breach was a like, knock attempt. Knock, knock with a bearcat. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder how they couldn't, how could they not breach the front door? Had he already fortified it? He was like a some kind of master carpenter. Maybe he had some awesome front door. He's had a really good door frame on that sucker. I like it. He just had one of those wooden panels. 
right? That they have in like, <laughs> a in like castles. <laughs> no, in like the castle. Like a right? portcullis? You, yeah. Just, oh. boop, just put a little wood panel thing. He's got, like, get it. He's got his like yeah. his log that he yeah. puts in front of the door. I like I, it. I thought you meant like it cool. was like just he'd paste a the door. <laughs> paste, <laughs> just paste a sticker. Yeah. A sticker of a door outside and the, the only door he has is on the side of his house. <laughs> it looks like, yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's just brick there. Like, duh, what's going on? Like, you know, like the castle movies, they close the gates and then they put the wood block yeah, thing behind the, it yeah. yeah so they attempt breach next thing you know i mean i don't know how it transpired is the fbi saying that the dude shot first I they're can't saying remember. that he had a gun he had a gun but i mean I, I think on the one hand there's a there's a high likelihood that the actual shooting is legally justified right we'll but see. well I, I won't say for sure right because two things that we're not going to see is protests or the no. body camera. No. Right, because there's no body cam. There is no body cam. Weird. Uh, the federales don't yeah, use no body, body cameras? Mm. Oh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation? Yeah. I'm not going to say that the guy on the front of this stick is responsible for, yeah. for all the problems, right? Yeah. He, he could just be some dude who's trying to- Obeying orders. Yeah. But that being said, whoever decided to like hit this guy, this cripple's house yeah. at 6.15 in the morning, like Dick. what do you- what do you think he, he's, you think he's going to get out of bed? Yeah. You think that he's going to come to the door? Yeah. You think that he's, you know, he's a gun nut. Yeah. You know, you think he doesn't have a gun right next to his bed? I think so they, they counted on it. So that when you drive your armored vehicle through his front room, like he's going to be like, oh shit, the, the world's ending. Tell you right now, yep. what would you think? Uh, oh, bro, I'm getting my Strybog, which is right next to my bed. Yeah, exactly. All my yeah. kids are upstairs with the exception of one. Exactly. Like, and if you come through that window, yeah. bro, I'm not saying any words. Like, yeah. You come in through my my child's window, dude, it's- It's on. Like, like that? Long. At 6.15 in the morning? Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, no the whole, And then what uh, the neighbor said is they, they heard the volley gun fire, and then they, you know, they're dragging the dude outside. They're dragging him outside and then rendering aid outside, which- to me, as an officer who's been on plenty of stuff like that myself, mm-hmm. to say that you're getting this person you've just shot and then dragging him outside to render aid, that's very, very interesting to me. The only reason that you would need to exfiltrate somebody is if there was an additional threat. But you exactly. know the guy is, you. first of all, they've been holding surveillance on his house. They know that he's the sole caretaker for his blind son who's just had a stroke and is now in the hospital. Yeah. Right. The effect of taking him out, whether it was a mistake or not, was to eradicate the evidence that yes, we would have exactly. had at, on the scene. That's of, what I'm saying. We know the that, ulterior motive is to get him out so they can't do a good shooting analysis on the inside of what happened. They've dragged him out. And I was like, now they can say, well, he was actually over here or he's over here. Yeah. It's a lot harder to duplicate or replicate what happened inside. Yeah. So that yep, we yep, don't yep. see this old dude with his cane and a 1911 stuffed into his boxer exactly. shorts, right? Shoot first, ask questions later. Guaranteed mm-hmm. that's the, that's the prerogative Who, they went in with. Whoever decided, I mean, it looks like they were trying to send a message. Yeah. And that message is, I mean, granted there are extreme portions about this. He was saying alarming stuff. Mm-hmm. But we kind of have to live in a planet where we have some thick skin sometimes. Yeah, you deal with define, that. Define alarming. Like, do oh, we know what he was posting? He was saying like that he he would be like, I dream of X, Y, or Z happening to an elected official and be violent, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he he didn't like a lot of, of these people. He talked about like dusting his guns off and stuff like that. But I mean, at the same time, like... If you know where this dude is, you're holding surveillance on his house and he's threatened, you, you believe he's threatened to assassinate a public official. Hey, let's, maybe if he starts driving in that direction, yeah, like traffic exactly. stop. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Like- How much time have you already spent doing this surveillance on this house? Hey, you've right. obtained a warrant for the guy. They had, 
Part of the warrant was for an arrest and it happened on a Wednesday. We, we know that they've had surveillance. We know that they know he goes to church every Sunday. I'm sure these agents have some suits. You, you walk right up to him in the hall. You've got his, his hands on one cane. Yeah. So you got like one, one agent can probably pay attention to the hand on the cane while the other person puts him in a nice hold and says, Hey, sir, you're under arrest. Exactly. And we're going to put you in handcuffs. We're going to check your waistband for that gun. And then we'll deal with this whole thing. But it was, why can't we expect these people to put their big boy pants on, their thinking caps on and come up with a solution that is not engineered to kill the guy? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. You're the federal government, bro. That's the thing. Do they want to... (coughs) Do they want to come up with an idea to not have to execute this guy? That's what I'm questioning, right? And I ask that question. We don't have the answer to it. But I ask that question because how many more of these types of incidences have happen across the nation mm-hmm. and we don't hear about them? They just get swept under the rug mm-hmm. or they get labeled something else. You never hear a boo about it. But, you know, we happen to see this one because it came across. I mean, it's kind of gaining some traction recently. So it's coming across there. It's like, we, we understand just what's going on. Wednesday? Mm-hmm. It just happened recently. I think so. that- what we ought to be asking is who benefits from this? What is the message that's being sent? I mean, I think about like when I watched Kyle Rittenhouse on the video, running from a mob, running for his life, trying to get to the police, getting kicked down, defending himself. And then all the reasons come out. He was 17. He shouldn't have been there. Oh, so you're telling me that if you're 17, if you go to the wrong place, all of your rights to defend yeah, yourself right, go away, yeah. right? It's like, it's the same, same argument saying, well, that woman shouldn't have worn that short skirt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Serious, like that, right. That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like it's either right or it's wrong. You can be 17 and you can make a mistake and still have a right to oh, defend exactly. yourself. Yeah, yep. Exactly. I have absolutely would never let my 17 year old go to a riot. No, of course not. <laughs> absolutely. I not. mean, I might, I might. <laughs> but I mean, I might go with them depending on what's being rioted about. Like <laughs> the thing is, is, the law is written to protect the extreme. What do you call somebody who drives 70 miles an hour in a 70 mile an hour speed, speed limit area? It's a law abiding citizen, yeah, right? Yeah. We can't say, well, he should have been driving 55, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're going to accept that he can go all the way up to the edge of the law, right? And exactly. so Kyle Rittenhouse, I think it was obviously, uh, I think that anybody who was involved in real use of force knows that that was a, a legitimate self-defense shooting just oh, by the- hells minute. yes. And we could have- He's getting paid right now. Yeah. But they charged him. Why did they charge him? That lawyer, that attorney, the the district attorney had to know it was justified. He charged it to make you and me worried about going out and defending ourselves. Right? There's ulterior motives. So, so like, I think with this FBI issue, it's like, well, why? I mean, sure enough, you know, that guy was saying things that I would never say on the internet. Of course. But the message is- Hey, somewhere between this and, and your speech, we'll come into your house exactly. and, and shoot yeah. you. If you say stuff like <laughs> and this, drag yeah. you we're out close so we can... to this, you might get shot by the yeah. FBI. We might come raid your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know We know that you're the type of guy who sleeps with a gun in arm's reach because, yeah, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. And that being said, threats go both ways. The reason I sleep with a gun close and accessible is because, yeah, I do have people who've threatened to come to my mm-hmm. house. Yep, exactly. There's a story recently of an officer- that we work with who had somebody show up at his house. Good grief. Somebody that he had arrested before and showed up at his house, knocked on the door, said, hey, officer, remember me? You arrested me not too long ago. Oh my God. I, it's, all, it's all fun and games until that officer puts a Glock to your forehead and like, yeah, you really want to come back here again? Uh, yeah, I know. Like, that guy's probably leaving in a body bag. That's yeah. why I have a door answering AR-15. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like it. It's like in a panel next to the door. How cool would that be? 
awesome. have a door panel. You just push the button, like R15 is in your hand. Yeah. Answer the door. Hello? As you're as you're going down the stairs, you just push a little button. By the time yes. you get down there, it's open. You just, yeah, that'd be sweet. Hello, ding dong. <laughs> Pretty crazy, dude. So that's what like that's another like is that deep state kind of stuff or is that just like the the matrix trying to take care of you and make sure that you don't be one of the people who's a dissenter, right? Mm. They don't like dissent, man. They don't like dissent. No. They want to keep you in check. Everyone get along to go or go along to get along. Yeah, they I'd, keep you I'd in say check. it's. I mean, deep state. I think of being outside the current administration, right? Yeah. Like I feel like that's straight up the the goal of the administration right now. I feel like has been to target their political enemies. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're using the branches of government to be their political arms. Well, we know, like with the pistol brace thing, every indication <laughs> oh, shit, is yeah. that that will not pass oh, uh, yeah. judicial review. Yeah. Yep. But they are willing to like do that again. Why? I think it's to alarm gun owners, uh-huh. right? Because. Uh-huh. It's like, you know what? We said that it was fine for 10 years. We've said that it was fine for 10 years, but we changed our minds. So uh, I don't care how many of those you've purchased, how much money you've sunk into that. You're now a felon. You're now a felon. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Unless you register. We need your name on that registry. Yeah. Come get it. Exactly. Come knock on my door. (laughs) Come get it. My lone labe, bro. (laughs) My lone labe, right? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Silly people. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting little quirk that popped up over the uh the, the news wires recently that i thought we could touch on real yeah, quick that's a good one um kind of strays from the topic i know fitzy boy you've got some uh we got some you good got some ones. stories right let's get stories? weird right let's off. get some weird i love weird right out of the gate let's go to japan should i take my pants off yes all right so i'm surprised your we'll pants are even real off. weird i have some short shorts on yeah we are going to go to Japan. All right, Japan. And we're going to talk about a guy who dropped $14,000 to transform himself into a collie. <laughs> and if you don't know what a collie is, it's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you ta- you're telling me this guy is a freaking adult furry. Yes. He took furry to a whole other level. Holy shit. So, a Japanese native has transformed himself into a canine after forking out more than $14,000 for a custom made collie costume. Dude, 14 grand for a costume? 14. That's American dollars. That's that is insane. freedom bucks. I don't know what that is in Japanese Tojo money, used? but in freedom dollars, it was 14 grand. Tojo, K. is that what they use? The, like the, they use yen. The, I thought they used the yen, bro. Is that what they, they don't use the Tojo dollars? I don't know what Tojo I don't know. Yeah. Tojo. What's Tojo? He was the emperor of Japan during World War II. <laughs> okay. I don't know that. Great uncle of yours? Probably. <laughs> so a private citizen who goes only by Toko. Toko uh, and Tojo. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so he doesn't use his real name. He doesn't post any pictures of his face. He doesn't want his family and friends and coworkers knowing that this <laughs> yeah, is his thing. I right? bet. So he says the unusual garment has has helped actualize his dreams of becoming an animal. Oh my gosh. Footage shared on Toko's YouTube channel. He has uh, 32,000 subscribers. Shows him clad in the costume as he frolics on the lawn, rolls on the floor, and plays fetch. <laughs> so is this mon- is he monetized at that point? Does he have enough money to make- I do believe he is making money off of that. I, oh my gosh. I think that maybe this is, I mean, he's, he says he doesn't want his family to know. Maybe this is just like an employment. Oh no, he has a normal day job. He has a normal day. Yes. Oh, he's moonlighting as a dog. Uh, he's he... moon... <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. So for the very first time, Toko has uploaded a video of himself venturing out into public as a dog. <laughs> so it, the costume was created by a company called Zepit, and it took over 40 days to create. I bet. In the video, there are bystanders. They 
are looking at this man dog. They don't know that it's a dude. They can't, suit. they can't tell. Do you know how many dogs I've sprayed with pepper spray? Hells yeah. That would be awesome. I would to spray, spray this one. dude. That would be sweet. And he just starts yelling at you in imperial <laughs> Japanese. Like, <laughs> I bet you that, I, I, I mean, the, the costume may provide some significant protection against pepper spray. Maybe. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. He just starts yelling Torah, Torah, Torah at you. So the the viral clip has has uh, racked up 1.7 million views. Jesus priest. Costumes complete with a harness around his furry abdomen, and he admitted he was nervous and scared venturing out in public for the first time. And he's <laughs> he says, "Do you remember your dreams from when you were little? You wanted to be a hero or a wizard." He described his lifelong dog dream as seemingly unrealistic. I remember seemingly. writing in my grade school graduation book that I wanted to be a dog and walk outside. Oh my hell! Yes, so dumb. Yeah. So this this dude Toko is running around Japan in a collie costume. So oh, if shit. you're in Japan and you see a collie, just <laughs> give it give it a little a little tap with your foot and see if you can knock Toko over <laughs> or see if it's a real dog <laughs> aren't horror movies really popular in japan yeah oh yeah like I think the, so. the the yeah. slasher type I, film I, I yeah. would, like the ring you know i would think that like if you encountered this dog and it's the dog's like in the uncanny valley for a dog right mm -hmm. you'd be like oh my gosh it's it's just i've i've watched too many horror movies it's coming to life yeah exactly Got to do something about this weird, crazy, half-human-looking dog. Well, and there's pictures. He walks on all fours, right? Yes. He There's pictures of him being walked, and he'll do that tricks, super and people creepy. will feed him treats. Like, it's... <laughs> Yeah. It's wild. He's getting dog food. Yes. It's like, I love it. Yes. <laughs> oh, so here it is. So Zepid, the company that manufactured Toko's collie costume, says it took 40 days to create the furry fashion item, fashion item, which cost a cool 2 million yen, which is $14,161 in freedom dollars. Damn. Man, so. that's like a Barrett rifle. That's a Barrett rifle and a that's nice a good scope. One. Yeah, that's a good one. That's is that a good what, rifle is that what and they a scope. wrote? Barrett's? Uh, a rifle and a good-ass scope. Mm -hmm. That's you what you got around. touch someone with that. Yeah. A collie. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reach out and touch a collie. So, Toko conceals his unusual proclivities from most of his friends and family. Yeah, I bet, because he's embarrassed because he's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> he does say that he's afraid that they'll think he's weird. <laughs> well, I rarely tell my friends because I'm afraid they will think I am weird. Oh, my gosh. My friends and family seemed very surprised to learn I became an animal. Think about it is, though, I'm saying that's a little, little bit of judgment, because when Fitz comes out in his panda suit, I don't judge you. I'm cool with it, but we're really good buddies. Yeah, but I don't run around and, like, do tricks for bamboo and stuff. Like... I it's on Halloween. <laughs> there is something like he doesn't expect other people to actually think he's a dog. Clearly. Yo, like, yeah. Like it's he, pretty obvious. Dude. Yeah. I watched the video when he's like kind of sitting there still. You're like, holy shit. That's the biggest fucking call you've ever seen in my life. <laughs> holy, that thing is huge. Cause it's big. Yes, yeah. Well, but then he starts a, moving. I'm like the fuck bro. This has <laughs> got some weird ass limbs, man. It's called all sorts of fucked up where it's fake. That's what I thought when I saw it. I was like, holy shit. And it starts waving at people. I'm like, dude, fuck this guy. <laughs> fuck this guy. What a douche. <laughs> that's all I could think. Dogs do weird uh, things. Dogs eat their own poo sometimes. Yeah, dude. Cagamorphs. Is that what that is? Thanks, that's what I heard back in the day. I've never been able to verify that though, but yeah. With all the access to internet and- I've looked. I just heard a canine handler. His dog ate his shit and he's like, Cagamorph. And I was like, the fuck, Cagamorph? That's when they eat their own shit. I'm like, gross, bro. <laughs> <laughs> ate its own shit. I'm like, so I don't like dogs, bro. That's why you don't like dogs? Because they eat their own shit. On the rare occasion that a dog eats its own shit? Yeah. Okay, I like dogs, but not that much. 
But we're gonna uh, get canceled. But I'm gonna delete that. <laughs> can we? Can we? Take I love a- dogs. <laughs> I love dogs for dinner. <laughs> I have had them for dinner. Wasn't that bad actually? <laughs> had them on dog tacos. I thought they were regular tacos. Tacos al pastor. They ended up being dog. <laughs> I got so sick. I don't know if it's from that. All the other shit that I ate though, bro. I ate so much crap down there. I ate this possum one time. This freaking lady cooked I think for you us. You were t- telling us about the, nasty, the possum and bro. dog story last oh. time. God, it was disgusting. And we'd eat, uh, I can't remember this other dish, but it was like chickens, but they wouldn't pluck all the feathers off of it. Like the flesh, you know, the feathers, flesh is like yeah, all you spiny got, kind of. Dude, you got to get that off. It was nasty. Yeah, Japanese boy with the uh, dog outfit. Cool, bro. Not quite, not quite Halloween yet, but you do you. Yes. Let's take a trip to America. You want to go to America? Love it. All right. I don't know. I tried to find out where these people live, but this is a story about a man whose name is Nick Davis, who is a trophy husband. Nice. Which isn't trophy. Which husband. isn't like super weird. I mean, there's a lot of it's trophy husbands at home. Are there? Yeah. Like name one in in three hundred and thirty plus million Americans. He can't be the only trophy. I don't know any. Well, now you know one. His name's Nick Davis. And I'm going to say, screw all the guys in that apartment. I have wives who make a shit ton of money that are cops. Just, we call them hobby cops. Would they be, would they be trophy husbands? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, because they're working. So they're, well, you can have a trophy wife that works, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're trophy trophy husbands. husbands. Yeah, they could be. So I would not put, I would not put any one of them on a shelf that I know of though. Okay. They ain't that good, bro. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> There's a few of them. Do we really? I mean, yeah. I don't know why I'm surprised. We don't make all that much money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Nick Davis uh, is a work shy trophy husband who, who lives off three wives' income and spends <laughs> all day thinking. Oh my god! I shit you not. This guy's an American Spends hero. All day I thinking, shit you not. Thinking about how he's running a mad game right now. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the self-described trophy husband who isn't employed is waited on hand and foot by his three wives. They wait on him after they've been at work all day. So they work what? all day and then they do whatever this dude needs. What? So he they have two kids and the dad of two, Nick Davis, doesn't work. As the king doesn't move around that much, yet spends it to claim the queens in his life have all the power. (laughs) Well, they make all the money, so. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So his three wives, April, Danielle, and Jennifer, have full-time jobs. Nick doesn't contribute financially to his family because he is studying all day. Nick barely lifts a finger because his wives don't want him to deal with the stress of cooking, cleaning, or even driving. What the fuck, dude? In our household, the women are the bread makers, or the breadwinners. That's the way we run things here in our special way, says Nick on TLC show, Seeking Sister Wife. Seeking Sister Wife? Bro, this family is awesome. While the wives are at work, Nick spends his time reading, learning, and deciphering. Something one of the wives claims they could simply never do themselves. (laughs) (laughs) and that's why you're in this relationship i can't dude i can't with these people what kind of jobs do these women have? i have no they don't say what they do what they go on menial tasks they go on and say working at mcdonald's we prefer it that way i would go crazy if i was at the house all the time april claims jen and i make more than enough money by ourselves we don't need and want that you don't want to uh, okay it's you know what it's your relationship do you boo boo danielle reveals that nick doesn't bring a dime into the relationship which one of her friends admits is weird you only have one friend that think that's weird one of her friends just one this show's Gen- on tlc yes 
Okay. Jennifer says the passion her husband has for growth, learning, and research is attractive. <laughs> she, April, so dumb. April adds, I'm so thankful I have a thinker at home who can just read and think and tell me about all the things he's been able to research and what that means. Oh, my Lord. So, you know what's funny? So, get, get this. These chicks have the wool pulled over their freaking eyeballs because in reality, especially in our circle of people that we hang out with, yes. we are all very much this way. Tell me you don't like to read about stuff and learn about Absolutely. stuff, identify stuff. I love doing that. That's what I do in my spare time. Yes. I love to find out new information mm -hmm. or solve problems or just, you know, get informed about certain topics, right? Mm -hmm. I love Agreed, that kind of yeah. stuff. These chicks are like, we love that we have a man at home who likes to do this because it's so rare. Yep. It's like, oh my gosh. And yet you guys are willing to go out there and work for this guy while he sits around and does jack shit? Literally does nothing. What a joke, dude. Does not lift a finger. So he, he met his first wife, April. He's a con artist, bro. Oh, yeah. He met her when she was 38 while attending college. 38. In okay. 2008. Makes sense. And then nine years later into their marriage, they welcomed Jennifer, who was 25 at the time. Wow. And then April, the first wife. Oh, sorry. April introduced. I feel like this person has watched what they put on TLC and like engineered the perfect like, hey, yeah. Pay, pay me to be on yeah, TLC. Exactly. This is crazy. Like, guys, like, check out dude. my story. Yeah. It's really cool. So I've got three wives. They work and I don't. Pitch that. Is he mm -hmm. religious? I don't think so. He's a not, he's a secular polygamist? He's a secular polygamist. He's a secular philosopher. I guess. So April, the first wife, introduces them to Danielle, who was 19 at the time. Oh, dang, dude. They decide. Oh, sorry. So she, April, introduced Jennifer to Danielle, the nineteen, the nineteen-year-old at the time, uh -huh. because they needed another woman to meet Nick's needs. Oh, Nick's <laughs> Nick's a lot to handle. Let's just say that in a lot of ways. Explains April. Nick is a lot to handle in the bed. Oh my gosh! What the <laughs> frick, dude? What a joke! Oh my gosh! These chicks have gotten just totally yes bamboozled. The women don't date each other. They're only in a relationship with Nick, but they do sleep in the same bed because he <laughs> because he likes to be sandwiched by them. Oh my gosh! All four of them are in a bed. Holy balls. Uh, it's got to be like a double king that they oh, just push. I have no idea. Oh, this my guy, goodness. Like, have like, is he former hy hypnotist? No, I don't know. Exactly. It, what it does doesn't he say anything about that. We always make sure we're in separate bedrooms or separate areas of the house when Nick's doing his thing. Oh, my God. Yes. Jen and I will stay in the guest bedroom to give people privacy, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this this is hilarious. Weird, bro. That's so yeah. weird. So weird. I just don't understand that concept. Mm -hmm. Teach their own, but I just, for some reason, I feel like there's some people in this story who have been bamboozled who, I mean, some people are easily manipulated. Mm -hmm. I feel like some people yes. got manipulated here. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh yeah. So that's why I say this guy's a con artist. Yeah. So they have a they have another baby, but this is one of their pictures from a couple years ago. So Nick has an older kid who looks like an older teenager. Who's this black guy from a previous? That's the that's Nick. Oh shit. Yeah. The, the is Nick's son from a gotcha. previous marriage from a monogamous. So he really has has had four wives. Correct. Yes. One individually, and then apparently they got divorced, and then so he's got three wives simultaneously. She figured Nick out and was like, "Yes, eject." Probably, I'm sure. I'm sure. Nick <laughs> like, hey, listen, I need a second wife. Okay, to handle my. I'm a lot in bed, and you don't make enough goddamn. Money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We need more money. 
I don't like this working thing. And I, I want to sit at work. home and think. <laughs> I want to watch some fucking ESPN. <laughs> I want to sit home and think. This motherfucker sits at home all day, yeah. seven days a week, and does nothing. Nothing. I don't know why we're talking shit. He's living the <laughs> life right now. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Honestly, okay. Some people are like, that's a life. No, screw that, bro. No, I like hard work. Life. I like I hard don't. work. I like hard work and there's something to be said about making stuff. It, there's probably a lot of effort that he has to make to maintain sure. the level of mind control <laughs> required. You know what? You're right. That takes a lot That's of thinking. That's a lot of work, bro. That's what he's researching. That's what he's doing all day long. He's like, how can I maintain this facade that I've created? <laughs> Let's do one more story from CBS. One more. I really enjoyed this one. This one's a little bit older. This one's back in December of 22. All right. Or sorry, 2022. So this story comes out of Georgia. A Georgia sheepdog is recovering at home after killing a pack of wolves that attacked his owner's flock of sheep. What? According to farmer John Weirviller. What's I don't know. What Weirviller? Killed a whole pack of wolves? A pack of wolves. It, it gets even more savage. This homie goes straight up John Wick doggy style. The dog? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> is that John Wick 5? Yes. So John Wick 5 is going to be not John Wick avenging his dog, but the dog avenging the dog, John Wick. The dog's dad avenging everybody. Yeah. So- Casper, a twenty-month-old Great Pyrenees from Decatur. Have you seen those? Have you seen those dogs? They're big. fucking big. I saw the pictures on this. So my neighbor's got one. They're fucking oh, they're big. And we've got the, they run sheep behind our house over here. Oh yeah, they've got some big old well, doggies. Well, his sheep are going to be in pretty good hands if yeah. he's even a fraction of a savage as Casper is. So the twenty-month-old Great Pyrenees from Decatur. Casper sounds like a street name for a gang member. Yeah, yeah, it does. So he's out there hanging out and a pack of coyotes come wandering over and start threatening the sheep farm. So of course, Casper goes out and does his thing. The fight lasted hold longer on, than on. half an hour. Hold on. Wolves or coyotes? It says coyotes. Okay, I thought you said wolves. No, I didn't. When you started off, did you say wolves or coyotes? I thought it was wolves. I mean, I can buy- It says coyotes all I over can, this. I can buy- uh, I can read the English language. Uh, Pyrenees often some coyotes. Yes. Oh yeah. The wolves, I couldn't quite buy, but coyotes, I can buy it. Okay. Well, coyotes. Fuck you guys. I thought you said wolves, dude. I was like, that's a fucking I, I crazy think, story. I, I was under the impression it was wolves. I think you fuckers just heard whatever you guys wanted to. Go back and play it. <laughs> no. I think you're wrong. No. <laughs> so the fight lasted longer than half an hour. The fight left eight coyotes dead and bloodied Casper with skin and part of his tail torn off. Casper goes scampering off into the forest and is missing for two days. Oh, shit. Comes back, the farmer finds him, takes him over to the vet, gets him all healed up and everything like that. This dude's trying to figure out what happened to Casper. And so he's doing some research and talking to some other whatever specialists and stuff like that. And they come to this conclusion that Casper went off into the woods following the rest of the pack of coyotes and dusted the rest of them. And then when he was done, he came back home. Dude, Casper's badass. To make sure that dude, nothing happened to the sheep farm. That's dope. <laughs> So this dude just wanders off, smokes these coyotes, comes back, and he and the the owner says he comes wandering back, and he was kind of looking at me like, "Boss, stop looking at how bad I look and just take care of me." <laughs> <laughs> to get this dude to the the vet, he had a big laceration on his neck, so they they stitch him all up, they get him all taken care of, and it's kind of a cute little dog. Well, not little, but big old, big old white, dog. yeah, yeah, big old white. So dog big old Casper out of Georgia, just out there hunting down coyotes. Oh yeah, finishes off this flock and then comes back. Those dogs are dope, dude. Like I said, they run sheep back here, and they'll have they don't run one dog, they run like five dogs. Mm -hmm. So the and because they got a bunch of coyotes and wolves and cougars yeah. and stuff like that up here in the mountain, they run those big Pyrenees out there, and dude, nothing messes with those dogs. Heck those yeah. dogs have some. Their bark is really cool, too. It's super deep. The dogs are super nice. They'll wander over into our neighborhood, and like mm -hmm. the kids will be out there, and they'll come up, and the kids will pet them. And yeah, they're 
I wonder what would happen if Toko went wandering around out there. <laughs> like, do you think they would be like nice to him, or would they like tear his ass? No, up? he'd probably try to mate with him, and he'd probably learn. I don't want to be a dog anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, <laughs> doggy style. No boy, no. Uh, too Domo, much fun. Domo arigato, Mister Doggy. Domo arigato. Well, that's all the stories I got from around the, the world. Sweet doggy. Thanks for those uh, stories. Appreciate yeah, it. Uh, Dude, we got some weird, we had some good dog stories and some bad dog stories in that one. So I love dogs. The end. Until, <laughs> until Toko can actually like do that. Like, right. Yeah. Is he a real dog? What. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'll no. give Toko a pass if he goes and kills a pack of coyotes, coyotes. in the mountains. He comes back and like just Fuji Mountain. I'm all about Fuji yeah. Mount, Mount Fuji. <laughs> Mount Fuji. Do they even have coyotes over there, bro? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. It's an island. They're probably like more respectful. They like bow to each other before they attack. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? No? The coyotes attack? They're very they respectful in Japan. Oh, are they? They're like, bow to your sensei. They bow and then they fight. That's cool. That's what I imagined in my head would happen. Because <laughs> you watch Kung Fu Panda too many times. Kung Fu is Chinese. I know, but still. Totally different country. It's animals cultures. fighting fucking some sort of karate martial art. Kung I mean, Fu? they could. Kung Fu. Kung Fu. All right, so. With the Chang Chong Chang and the Kung Fu. Chang Chong Chang and the Kung Fu. Go back to China. Why power? Oh, whoa. Dave Chappelle. I know. Okay. I was like, um. I know. As long as you said Dave Chappelle at the end, we're good. <laughs> yeah. And keep it. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that's not it's Jake talking. That Chappelle. is a Dave Chappelle reference. Dave Chappelle. Please don't cancel us. <laughs> All right. So we've got Dave on here for the sole purpose of the fact that he is the master of the conspiracy theories. Dave today has brought us some cool conspiracy theories. I love the conspiracy theories and the people who listen have loved the conspiracy the- theory yes. episodes. Thank uh, you for that high praise. Yes. It's, well, it's, it's factual. It's factual. It is factual. I like to be factual in my stuff. I don't hyperbolize. It is today. Um, Dave, why don't you uh, give us a little intro into what we're going to be talking about, and then we'll delve into some of the topics. So we're, we'll be talking about UFOs and aliens yes. today. Uh, UFOs and aliens. I remember Oops. we wanted to talk about this the first time you guys came out. Aliens. But some stuff has developed since then. Oh, yeah. I think that it's important that we define some things first before we get into our- You know, he always comes so freaking <laughs> prepared. He likes to put us kind of in a box. I know. He doesn't want to see it out loud. He's like, let's not get too crazy because this episode will last for days. Let's make sure we're talking about the same kind of aliens. Yeah, exactly. And it's not the Covenant from Halo, you I, idiots. I, I thought you were going to say the freaking illegal kind. You fucker. It's not, it's not the illegal ones that are jumping the border, okay? We're talking about extraterrestrials that are not natural to this planet. That are jumping the solar border. Yes. There you go. They're jumping the ozone. The ozone. Stay out of the fucking ozone. <laughs> Unless you want the smoke. And as y'all learned in Independence Day twice, y'all don't want the smoke. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. I don't count. Now that we've one. gone off on our tangents, <laughs> let's go back to definitions. Yes. Back to definitions. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> UFO, unidentified flying object. So that's a nice term that allows us to talk about a lot of stuff. Now, I. I think it's interesting how in years past you could talk to somebody about UFOs and you'd be like, do you believe in UFOs? And they'd be like, no. Be like, you don't believe there are unidentified flying objects mm-hmm. out there? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Like, There's absolute UFOs. Yeah. But the thing of it, terminology, a lot of times people think UFOs, they absolutely think aliens, aliens. Oh, from yeah. outer space. 
Well, and if you're an elite right now, it's unidentified aerial phenomenon, right. UAP, yeah. which I think is a ridiculous term just because UFO is a perfectly good term, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Why right. change it? It's like a signaling thing, right? If I, I can do a lot of things to signal to you whether I'm a member of your group or not, right? Mm-hmm. So if I talk about UFOs, low, low, regular people, UAP, uh, elite. UAP means you know more. Yeah. UFOs are the people with the tin hats on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Hats. We, can, we can group those people into the conspiracy theorist yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't say UFO anymore, Fitz. Yeah. We got to be whatever. Know the knowledge. Hell no. I'm okay not being included with that other group. Yeah. yeah. So UAP though, you think about it, unidentified aerial phenomenon. So with that though, they're thinking, okay, it's more than just an object. They're saying it could be gases in the, in the atmosphere or something, right? Yeah. It could be aerial phenomenon. It could be lightning. Right. Yeah. Lightning is aerial phenomenon. Exactly. Right? Like, so like, I think- The that, Aurora Borealis. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. like that. UFO is actually a little bit more specific. Yeah. Right? I agree. And then just a couple terms that I'd like to go over. Now, these are terms that the Department of Homeland Security recently termed when we had that misinformation office pop up and then disappear, right? Mm-hmm. And the terms that they talk about are misinformation, which is supposed to be false information that gets spread just by accident or by mistake. Like if you tell your friend something that's not true on accident, right? Misinformation, right? Mm-hmm. Disinformation is telling somebody something that's not true on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So disinformation is how we mislead people intentionally. And then Mm -hmm. we have a very important term that just recently got coined and that's malinformation, right? Mm -hmm. And it comes from the the prefix mal, bad, Mm -hmm. right? And malinformation is true information that is inconvenient. There's a lot of malinformation Uh, going on in our department. So so (laughs) malinformation is, I don't know why, I mean, I I guess there, we can assume some reasons why they might coin this term, but it's so that they can act like telling the truth is bad, Yeah. right? And that's a problem. Malinformation. We should not call the truth bad, right? Now, if you're misleading somebody, that can be a problem, but they're they're acting like the truth can be misleading. Well, if somehow some true statement can be misleading, then it, we we actually require more information, right? Yeah, not less. So the idea that we want to block malinformation is just kind of silly. We want the truth, and then if it requires more context, we want that additional exactly. truth, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. you got to flesh it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the world of UFOs and aliens, you can go way down the rabbit hole. Frankly, uh, my mind is not made up on a lot of stuff, except for the, I will say that it appears that there are UFOs as Mm -hmm. in unidentified flying objects. Mm -hmm. We don't know what they are. We can't identify them. I think at this point, if you are denying that these things are existing, you are not thinking critically, right? Mm -hmm. You have to look at these witness statements and you, you can, you can say, we can, we can argue whether it's aliens or not. Uh, I'll give you an example. A few years back when David Fravor, commander uh, on the Nimitz, posted his experience. I remember this. Yeah. I was at a family party and I was really excited about it because it was amazing. And I talked to my brother-in-law and I was like, Hey, did you see this Navy pilot is talking about a UFO he chased? Right. And my sister said, well, did, did he see the aliens flying the UFO? (laughs) And I was like, why in the world? Like, it's like, no, you had tinted glass. Sorry. (laughs) I was like, this is amazing. The polarized screen. (laughs) They had tint. How in the world? Illegal. How, why are we like, acting like it's not big news. Yeah. Right. So we've been conditioned. Is that what it is? I I think that a lot of people have been conditioned to kind of clamp down whenever anything breaks their worldview. Right. 
Have we talked about this too? Sorry. And it's, I, mean, I don't want to get off topic too much here, but. I got all night. I can't remember. Oh, good. <laughs> I can't remember if we have or not. And I can't remember actually what the terminology for this is, but it's basically where uh, the government utilizes cultural items such as Hollywood or books or whatever to try to inoculate the people to certain things that are coming possibly in the future or things they're going to try to institute in the future. I think we're, that's predictive programming. Predictive programming. Yeah. Yes. We did talk about that a little bit, I, right? A little bit, but I think maybe just in a de- definitional yes. phase, right? I do think that there's a greater thing that maybe we can touch on for just a second. Sure. And that is, it is that we, there's a lot of ways that we can look at what's going on in the world. And people say that there are conspiracies. People say that it's unconventional warfare. There's a new term. It's not super new, but it's coming out and that's fifth generation warfare. Mm-hmm. And what fifth generation warfare is, fourth generation warfare, think the global war on terror, where we had the blurring of the lines between combatants and civilians, right? Dude, yeah, that's tough. That right? was a nightmare. So before that, we had like third generation warfare, which was like World War II, where you're you're talking about fire- Access powers, yeah. Fire and maneuver, mm. ma- blitzkrieg, right? You have second generation, we're talking about trenches, machine guns, you know, and since second generation, pretty small, World War One, First generation warfare, everything- Land war. Every, yeah, everything from the Revolutionary War, Samurai, the yeah. Greek phalanx, everything before that. Well, fifth generation warfare is the information war, the information, the war in the information space. And we're talking about that a lot with this, this topic of UFOs because it is a lot of information, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of can ask yourself, does any piece of information seem to harm or help particular groups. And it can, it can absolutely be potential. I mean, it's not just that a piece of information is out there. If it helps somebody, maybe we can understand more of the context around the information as to why that piece of information landed in our laps. Like a certain whistleblower may all of a sudden be authorized to give information about phenomenon because it helps certain political people who are in legal trouble. Okay. And by that, could you delve into exactly what you're talking about? Maybe without saying names, but people can put the pieces together or say names. I don't give a shit. Okay. Well, I mean, this, we've got this, I can't, I have a hard time remembering it. David Groish, Grush. How do you spell it? G-R-U-S-C-H. And he's the, the U.S. Air Force whistleblower on, on UFOs. Now, A lot of the information that he's bringing forward, he's actually gone through the process of uh, seeking authorization from the government because he is a government employee. He has to go to them and ask them for permission to talk about things, right? But surprisingly enough, it just happens to be that we get this information when Hunter Biden would be in the news. Weird. Because he's being arraigned or he's getting some sort of plea deal. Or yeah, because he's getting some golden plea deal that, you know, all of a sudden the government's paying him money. Well, the thing about it is the plea deal they had initially put in there from his defense attorneys was saying that basically he was not able to be prosecuted for future crimes he committed in the, you know, like, in the future. Like yeah, crazy. Crimes he committed in the future. And the judge, is read, yeah, the judge reading is like, am I here to believe that this plea deal makes it so Hunter can no longer face criminal charges in the future? If anything he commits in the future, not even the like, stuff he's done in the past, but stuff he does in the future? The prosecuting attorneys are like, no, like that's not what we intended here. And the defense is like, fine, we retract it. We don't want to be part of this plea deal anymore. Oh, yeah. If you're not going to let that pass, we're not, we don't want it. 
<laughs> Holy freaking Sorry, hell. that's a whole nother topic. But but we have what David uh, Groish is talking about is information that we've kind of already been told, right? Because he's talking, he says that the government has UFOs that came from alien civilizations. Well, I guess we can just call them flying saucers because he's saying that they're not unidentified. They're right. actual they're space. Identified. Gr- yeah, they're spacecraft. They're spacecraft. They have an identity. But we got that information from Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar was kind of the original whistleblower on that front. Mm-hmm. Right? When, when did, I'm sorry, I don't know Bob Lazar. Bob, Laz- Bob Lazar? Bob Lazar is a very interesting figure. Now, he was allegedly, and I got to say allegedly because there isn't a lot of information uh, surrounding Bob Lazar. Uh, he was allegedly an employee for the Department of the Navy at a secret base south of Area 51. So this was a yeah. base you would fly into Area 51 because there's a landing strip on like an airliner that brought all the employees in. And then he would get on a bus that would drive south to a secret location that was built into one of the mountains there. And he was- On Area 51? He, yeah. Yeah. And he would work on secret projects there, allegedly. Right, allegedly. Okay, and I'll and I'll try I'll try not to say allegedly a whole bunch, but you know, well, it's just is he <laughs> is he the one that they try to discredit and say he never worked there? Yeah, and he was able to provide like pay stubs so directly he, from like the Department of Defense it's or something. Crazy because they said they said like, like worked at Area Fifty One. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we don't know this guy. He's never yeah. worked here. And they're calling up Los Alamos because that's one of the places yeah. that he was supposed yep. to have worked. And Los Alamos is like, we've never heard of this guy. And then somebody <laughs> coughs up a, a Los Alamos directory, a paper directory, because yes, they used to have those. his name on it. Yeah. Yep. And oh, it's like, shit. he's on there. Why he's got the... his pay stubs. Like, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come, I mean, you're still living in a society where there's paper records. Yeah. But so, it, it's scary because now we're talking about like- like my pay stubs aren't aren't on paper. No, not now. And I don't ever feel like I would want to save all of them. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could foresee a scenario where maybe I would need. Yeah, you got to prove that you actually worked at this location. <laughs> I'm a real person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm real. <laughs> so a quick Google search real quick. Bob Scott Lazar is an American businessman and conspiracy theorist who claims he was hired in the late 1980s to reverse engineer extraterrestrial technology. That's what yeah. it says in Google. Yeah. Like, so how much of that is malarkey? How much of that is I think that's them a, trying to play him off? I think that's an accurate statement, but the problem is, is that it doesn't have a lot of nuance, no, right? No nuance. Um, Bob Lazar is like a, he's a wacky guy. He he put a jet engine on a bicycle. He put- That's gangster. He, he put a uh, jet engine in a Honda Civic. That's dope. And so that was actually- That's where Fast and Furious came from. That's actually one of the reasons- Hashtag thanks, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually one of the reasons we know that he worked at Los Alamos is because there was a Los Alamos little newspaper that they did and people saw his Honda Civic with the jet engine and did a story on it and somebody still had a copy of the newspaper. But because of his interest in- pro- Propulsion, that was his specialty, but he didn't, mm-hmm. from what I understand, he doesn't have a degree in it. He was allegedly working at it on a degree at MIT and then was able to start working. They just snatched them over. Yeah. Uh, frankly, the, the official story is that, yeah, I may have worked here for a second. I guess we have to say that he did work here, but we think that he was like a janitor or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the official story. Mm-hmm. But that's great. So, I left MIT to go be a janitor. Yeah, that makes exactly. sense. It makes a lot of sense. But MIT doesn't have records of him either. You trying to erase this guy? The, like, that's the weird thing is that like- But he, why? He appears, well, because they also said that he didn't work at Los Alamos and then all of a sudden they found out that he did. I get. I bet you it's a lot easier to erase records at MIT than it is at Los Alamos. Yeah, oh, probably. Sure. So also think about this. 
When did this occur? When is when is Lazar saying all this stuff? Ninety early late late eighties, early nineties. Okay, it's all about timing as well, right? Yeah. So the government probably at that time. This is my own thought process mm-hmm. about timing. So at the time, the government was not ready to come out and say, we have these things for whatever reason that might be. I don't know what their ulterior motives are, but they weren't ready for it. And it seems like lately, the government has been way more forthcoming with this type of information for one reason or another. It could be for a host of different reasons, not just one reason per se. They are more forthcoming. So maybe if Lazar were to have like come out right now and say the things that he asserted, maybe they'd be more willing to say, yes, this is true. Well, and I think that there's an interesting thing that Bob Lazar's story is strange. And he talks about things like exotic elements that they're able to use in reactors that produce way more energy than we have an ability to produce right now. But right now, if there was something that were true, that were out there and it was kind of fringe, there are already enough people that are looking this and believing these un- acknowledged information because they don't trust the government, it doesn't cost you that much to confirm it, especially because a lot of people think that this Air Force whistleblower is full of crap, right? And so we don't, we haven't changed a lot of minds with, with him coming forward. In fact, you know, one of the best ways to create confusion is to put facts next to lies, right? So who knows how much of this information is true? Mm -hmm. Are we to believe Bob Lazar? Are we to believe the new guy? They conflict on some of their statements. Everyone's really interested in it and nobody's looking at how Hunter Biden is a total criminal. And he almost, got ex- he almost got exonerated from future crime he hasn't been committed yet. Like, look at this shiny thing yeah. over here. Yeah. By the way, Hunter Biden had cocaine in the White House. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nobody cares? Okay, next news story. It's like, no, motherfuckers, we care. I love how they're like, we don't know how this got here. In fact, we don't know who it's, who brought it yeah. in here. Yeah. Well, who do you think brought it in yeah, here? Exactly. It's only the most secured <laughs> building yeah. in no, the world. You don't world. have freaking video cameras Seriously. everywhere. You know, you have the ability to flip and fingerprint. People are, DNA people are analysis. walking through that building and you can tell exactly what their body temperature is. Yes. You don't know who brought cocaine yeah, into the White House. Everybody except for one of those people had to pass a polygraph saying that they didn't use cocaine. Yeah. Right? <laughs> in fact, uh, isn't the president and his family and his cabinet the only people who don't have to get searched in every time they come into the White House? I think they're exempt from all that yeah. stuff. So obviously they could pass stuff through and get it in there. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me once again, if it was him, not to mention that flipping video we were talking about last time we podcasted, which we haven't edited yet, but we will. But when he's up there with it's Biden and oh, Jill yeah. and Hunter's in the back and he's like you know, wiping his nose and the mom's like, holy shit. Saint I got to deal with these there. fools, bro. That is so insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's right after they find the freaking cocaine. It's like, hey, Hunter, nose a little runny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's fiending because they confiscated this freaking blow. So All right, let's given, see given the concept that some oh of God. this information may be part of psychological warfare. Yes. Right. I One th- of the three you said misinfo, disinfo, or malinfo, right? Like, yeah. What is it? Mis and dis are false. Mal and is true. I mean, yeah. like, what is this info oh, we're getting? Oh, yeah. no, what is this info yeah. we're getting? Is yeah. it, is it, because it's going to be one of the three. Yeah, right? absolutely. Is it miss, dis, or mal? So you look at this like, okay, well, it's hard to, to to flesh out which one it is or why it is. If it is one of them, why is it? I think all those questions are important with the stuff that we're talking about here. Oh, absolutely. So let's just go with it's malinformation. Let's just go with that. I, just, I, just, to, just to flesh out the mal portion of I it because I think that's interesting to me. I think you would have to have to consider the fact that it's possibly true, yeah. right? If we are going to live our lives and, and try to plan for our families and our futures, why wouldn't we think maybe this is true. Yes. Right. So if it's malinfo, what do you do? Run for the hills? Well, I mean. Don't forget about the 50s. What happened then? Do you remember what happened in the 50s? 
No, I wasn't alive then. You weren't alive? Do you, I mean, did you hear about it? The 50s? Yeah. No. So, do you know what I'm referring to right now? I'm not. I'm not. So, back in the 50s, they had radio broadcasts and they put out stories over the radio. They read stories on the, on the radio mm-hmm. and people would listen in because the TV really wasn't a thing yet. Sure. So, these news programs they put out over the radio and this guy had a news program or his program that this is aliens the, were invading. The War of the Worlds broadcast. Yes, yeah. The War of the Worlds broadcast. Did you ever hear about this? No, but you know it much info awesome. about it? So Pretty I, cool. I thought it was, I thought it might've been the forties or the maybe, maybe it's forties. Let me look at it. Let me get but my info straight. He read it. The reader of the, of the teleplay read it very deadpan, read it as if the, uh, the instances were actually oh, 38, 38, yep, 38, 1938 radio broadcast. So he, he read this in the teleplay that they were doing on the radio, but it was probably along the type of like, um, theater, uh, experimentation that 24 was right. Nobody had ever done a real time drama until 24. Right. And so yeah. he thought we're just going to read this and it's going to be punchier if we don't give as many, uh, breaks as if we, as if we pretend like it's real, right. It'll be more entertaining. Right? Mm-hmm. And people legitimately thought that there was an alien invasion. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I'll read it. No too. shit. That's a good description. So it says here, the war of the worlds was a Halloween episode of the radio series, the Mercury theater on the air directed and narrated by Orson Welles as an adaptation of H.G. Wells' novel, The War of the Worlds, 1898. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was performed and broadcast live at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on October 30th, 1938, over the CBS radio ne- uh, network. The episode is famous for inciting a panic by convincing some members of the listening audience that a Martian invasion was taking place, though a scale of panic is disputed as the program had relatively few listeners. So there were, there were reports out there that people were freaking out grabbing their loved ones, getting into the car and driving to the freaking hills. It's pretty interesting to think that that information, and I, I was going to tie this back in, where you had these people and the War of the Worlds, they're, they're putting this information out there. Obviously, that was not meant to probably cause the panic that it did, right. but people were being deceived by this information, even though that's not the intent of it, and they thought the aliens were coming. Now, circling back to what we're talking about here in Malinfo, and with regards to the sightings of these UFOs confirmed or not, whether they be or not be UFOs of the extraterrestrial type. There's also other caveats that we could touch on, and I don't know if we want to jump down this rabbit hole or not, but you say, could they be extraterrestrial? The one, Groish? The, the recent whistleblower. Yeah, David Groish. Yeah. With, uh, is he the Air Force? He's the Air Force veteran. Air yeah. Force. So, David Groish, um, he says that it is alien in nature, extraterrestrial yes. in nature, mm-hmm. but also, could it be that this information, uh, these these objects are coming from either a our own personal government and its top secret projects, or is it for from another nation's top secret projects that they're also flying about? Could it be that? I I think that's pretty concerning, right? And I think that one of the things that if the United States has government, the United States government has examples of extraterrestrial space for craft, almost certainly they're trying to reverse engineer that. Of course, right? Why would you not? Yeah. Should be. That's- but one of the things that like we noticed, like we saw this like with Century Arms, they wanted to build AKs in, in America and like the first three generations that they built were crap because they didn't have the technical data package. They knew the shape of all the parts, but what they didn't know was like the hardness of the types of steel that they, or, or they, they could figure out like the type of steel that was used, but we don't make it in America because it's a Russian steel. So we had to find like an analog and oh, that analog needs to be treated differently if it's going to be used in this application, right? And so those, the first AKs that they built, the, the parts would break on them all the times. So they, they, they'd run for like 200 ra- or 2000 rounds and then just go to hell, right? Fall apart. Well, there's gotta be some kind of a, a equivalent for that if you're 
you're reverse engineering a spacecraft and probably on a much steeper curve, oh, right? Yeah. Because a spacecraft uh, compared to a rifle. Yeah. A rifle is simple. A spacecraft has got to be super complex, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, it could be that, um, we have a limited ability to use that technology on our own because mm-hmm. it's a thousand years, uh, away for us or something like that. Yeah. Bob Lazar, uh, alleges that they have most of these things that they're using, they're flying craft that they don't know how it works. Mm. Some people- Using like propulsion that we don't understand? Yeah. Some people think that they're using holography, the government is using holography to project these images up there so that they can- can sway public opinion with like a fake UFO, right? right? Like that UFO that you can see is actually not there. Just a hologram. It's just a hologram that you can see from the ground. And that's, that's kind of concerning thing. Or we could be in some kind of situation where there's a mix of all these Right. things, right? You guys watch the X-Files? Oh, of course. Love oh, the X-Files, bro. I watched a few a while, yeah. Dude, I grew up on those. So I was watching, uh, it's from an episode called Redux. Mulder encounters a guy in the government who's willing to talk to him. And he has part of the conspiracy that he's sharing with Mulder, right? And his argument to Mulder is that these UFO sightings are used to sway public opinion and to to uh, control people. And so like one of the things that there he talks about is how between the end of the Second World War and end of the Cold War, we didn't have a war per se to to drive the economy, to drive technology. So they created the war, the Cold War, right? The United States. I believe in that 100%. I believe that's why we're involving Ukraine too, but okay. Uh, no. That's maybe another topic. <laughs> I, and, and I'll tell you what, the, the more that we find about Ukraine, the more it feels like my dollar has gone straight to hell since, since that war started, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I have to work more overtime. Mm-hmm. I have to, I feel like I'm paying for that big mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But the idea that people will use information and in current events to the maximum ability is, I think, a real thing. And so in, in this episode of, of The X-Files, this, this guy's telling Mulder that there are no UFOs, that it's all secret government aircraft that's being miscategorized. And I, I think that in the, the context of this episode, he is telling Mulder what he believes to be true. But we know that in, in the world of the X-Files, there are aliens. Sure. Right. So, yeah. so like, I think that's something that we, that dynamic is something that we have to be aware of with this phenomenon is that this whistleblower from the air force, he may absolutely believe that he's telling the truth, but he may be manipulated by outside factors. Mm -hmm. But I think that there, there are a couple incidents that I'd like to talk about if we have, if we have time that kind of lend credibility to this being a phenomenon that is not it entirely in the control of humans. The Malmstrom U.S. Air Force Base missile incident is from 1967. There, we're talking about a Miniman One missile installation. They have a, a centralized base where all of these missiles silos are controlled from, and then they have so Miniman. Just so everybody knows, that's the ICBMs. Yeah. Yes, the ICBMs from the Cold War, which means that they're the missiles that could go across the, na- the across the world and drop the nukes yeah absolutely did they name those missiles after tlc's Minuteman song i don't know i don't want no one minute man <laughs> oh i don't know is that a thing <laughs> no that was the don't go chasing waterfalls the new version is the scrub icbm the scr- <laughs> <laughs> i don't want no scrubs <laughs> that'd be awesome uh, to just start naming <laughs> missiles after after popular american music <laughs> the next one the next ones they're creating right now are the sentinels yeah and that that is northrop hmm? northrop, northrop. 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 northr
there they had this base that's centralized and then it has it's wired to all these outlying missiles right is they, this all on the same base or this is throughout the country this is this is a, a base that's in control of 10 icbms oh okay right and so they have this they have a compartmentalized structure so that if one base gets hit like we we don't have it controlling all of the icbms right, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. so redundancies yeah mm-hmm. so they had a unidentified flying object red in color appear over the base and you have you have here yeah, well i mean yeah like like the cloaking <laughs> mechanism the the i can't recall whether it showed up like in linear Luther, travel right. or just like it, i think my impression is that it appeared very suddenly whether okay. it showed up linear quickly in, or linear, if it just linear like, travel yeah. um you had a whole bunch of uh enlisted guys who are up at the top, whose job is to be security forces, the MPs, right? right? And they're freaking out and they're calling their bosses down in the base and saying, there's a red UFO flying over the uh, the base. And the bosses are kind of like um, maybe disbelieving at first, right? Mm. But they're, they're inside this command center and then they see all 10 missiles go offline. What? Yeah. All 10 missiles go, get, they go from ready status to not ready status. Yeah. And so like the, the, the enlisted guys are like, Hey, what do we do? And they're like, well, if, if it's hostile, shoot at it. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, we don't think that it will work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's got all of our, did they, did they give uh, like a description of what it looked like. <laughs> It was a saucer shaped, okay. uh, red, they, they said that it was emitting red light. So it wasn't like it was a painted red, thing. Right. it was emitting red light. It had red, red LEDs. Yeah. I believe a red aura is like angry. So it probably was hostile. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I mean, the fact that it turned off all our missiles is pretty concerning. Red means dead. Yeah. Red is dead. Red means dead. So the guy in charge of that air force base was like. He was like, this is ridiculous, right? He, after um, some years, like, I guess he became so frustrated with this thing. It was bugging him, right? And he couldn't talk about it, right? So he came forward and he's like, look, this happened on my watch at this missile base, right? And there was, then there was another commander of a missile base that said he came forward and he's like, it's been bugging me since 1975. This happened at my missile base as well. At the same time? No. So the one was in 67, 67 and then the guy from 75, 75 came forward after the guy from 67. Yeah. And, and he's like, I guess the guy from the missile, the Malmstrom base, he actually like had talked to some people about it. Like it was like, I'm, I'm not going to come forward right at the time, but he told his wife, he's like, guess what happened to work today? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but this guy from- All the missiles died. The guy from 67 was like, yeah, this has been bugging me. I didn't tell anyone. He came out and, and said that when? It, so they came out. I Let me see. It was it was recently that this- Oh, okay. That, it, excuse me. I think I think it happened in the 90s when they came forward. They hadn't been out like on a, a speaking circuit until lately, right? Mm-hmm. The information had come out in the 90s that this had happened in the late 60s, early 70s. Who's paying for them to go on their speaking circuits? I think they're- Joe good. Biden? Hunter, I was just, <laughs> Hunter Biden. With the money he won from the government. <laughs> well, it is interesting. You have to wonder, but I, I think that, that these guys are more of a grassroots type information. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't know about that story, which is terrifying, right? Shit, I didn't know about First it. First time I heard about it. Yeah. What's the end result of that? Like, they, did they shoot at it? Did they? So it left. And then after a few minutes after it left, the missiles Everything back came back online. Yeah. Of course, they were like, we need to do a tear down. Uh, right. Of everything. Everything. And they didn't find any problems with the missiles. What? Just had jammers, baby. <laughs> Just had jammers. 
They test it in 67. They come back eight years later, test it again. They're like, yep, it's we still, still got them. They oh. haven't figured crap out yet. Guys. Yeah. So we're good. Now there, there is some dis, uh, disconnect on corroboration for this next part, but uh, the Russians say that it happened to their bases as well. Really? Around that same time frame, 60s, no 70s. Shit. Dude. What if they knew we were like in a cold war and they're like trying to show up and say, hey, in case these guys try to go nuclear, we're going to stop their ship. Hey, maybe don't kill everyone yeah <laughs> yeah dude what if what if they're like yes. benevolent <laughs> you guys are like 40 years away from being you know able to travel interstellar or interstellar travel that's crazy but if you nuke each other what's well, amazing how just die how much of the ufo stuff uh is like nuke adjacent meaning uh, so the roswell incident mm-hmm. um the corona corona is a hundred miles linear linear in linear distance from the trinity test site and the roswell incident happened in 1947 the the trinity test was in 1945 so hold on let's go let's let's unpack those two things real quick because i don't know how many people know about those stuff like a lot of people will i know the roswell obviously but i don't know how many people do know it so what is the roswell roswell was kind of the i I would say it's the most well-known ufo incident in United States for in, sure in history probably yeah, probably yeah. in history probably it, like a lot of the the a lot of the times uh, there's a UFO sighting that's uh, substantial in another country they will be like oh this is uh, this is Canada's Roswell mm-hmm. right. The right. reference. Yeah. Right. Like if it's the most famous one, then it's Canada's Roswell. Right. Because, right? and Roswell would probably be worldwide the most uh, well known incident. Mm-hmm. Actually occurred in Corona, New Mexico. And then Roswell, New Mexico is where the Air Force base is at the time, an Army Air Corps base where the uh, 109th bomb group was stationed. And that was hmm. the only nuclear weapons armed military unit at the world at that time. Oh, interesting. So in the Roswell incident, there was a massive thunderstorm the night before debris was found by a, a rancher, excuse me, named Mac Brazel. And he found a whole bunch of debris in a field and he thought that it might belong to the military. So he drove to the town of Roswell and was able to con- get in contact with the military who went out there. And that's when we had originally the Army Air Corps released a pe- press release to the press that said the Army had located a disc. A disc, right? Yeah. And that's what they said was that it was a flying disc hmm. located in in Corona, New Mexico. But then later on, didn't they say that it was a, a weather or a balloon? Or hours sort? later, hours later, they retracted that and said that it was a weather balloon. A weather balloon. <laughs> so erroneously, they said it was a disc, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Well, just kidding, it was a weather balloon." Guy. Well, and it's funny because you know we have a Chinese spy balloon uh-huh. fly over the United States, right? And then we finally shoot it down, and they're like, "Okay." And then they shoot down four unidentified flying objects that were balloons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're out there shooting down UFOs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a little little inversion there. Yeah, exactly. We'll let the spy balloon just travel over the entire meat of the flipping United States. No big deal. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's not compromising national security. I, d- I wonder why in the world did we shoot a $500,000 missile at it? I don't know. Like, like I I've poke heard, some holes in it with some bullets, baby. Yeah, I've heard people say, "Well, it's really hard to hit it with cannons." I'm like, those cannon shells. I mean, we get them for bulk. I believe they cost about eight dollars a piece. Yeah, like you have to shoot many, a thousand of them at them. You can shoot a whole bunch of them yeah. at that 
at that balloon. Oh my God. Also, if you shot holes in it, maybe it wouldn't like fall like a rock. Yeah. Maybe it would land and not like it's, it it probably hit the ground or the water like a ton of bricks. I bet you everything was broken. Terminal velocity, baby. Yeah. I mean, maybe we could learn something about what they were collecting. Right. Didn't it land in the ocean? Yeah. Salt water. It landed in the ocean and they had to go down and try to salvage it out of the freaking ocean. Yeah. I don't know. Electronics don't do well with salt water. No. Well, and- and they have a lot of ca- capability to spy on us already, but like the ability to spy in the atmosphere, I mean, they probably could get audio with that thing uh, to some degree. Oh yeah. Cause you're actually, now you have a compressible medium, like mm. the atmosphere that can carry sound waves, exactly. right? Yeah. They can direct their parabolic tubes toward it. And yeah. Stuff. I mean, I don't, Interesting. from what I understand, like the predator drone can hear people talking. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. The Roswell incident is interesting though. So I recently went to Roswell on vacation. And you did. That's right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, a few months ago. Yeah. A few months ago. And I learned a lot about the incident that I didn't know. Down in Roswell, there's the International UFO Museum. And that was started by one of the guys actually that was involved in the Roswell incident, Lieutenant Hout, as an older man, started that museum. And what they've done is they, they have a, like a timeline wall. And the wall has all the events that happen at a given time. And when you're researching it, it's really hard to figure out what was happening at a given time because you're you're reading like a sentence and the sentence is able to tell you what, what happened, right? But it, it isn't able to show you like all of the things that is happening, right? So anyone who's writing this has to choose what they're going to tell you one at a time. But when you look at the, when you're down at the, at the museum, you can see the events like in a wide timeline, Mm-hmm. And you get all the chronicle, chronological you get the information. Of, like you yeah. get a 30,000 foot view. I would say that they present clear evidence that there was more occurring there than they let on. And at the very least, there was a, an unidentified flying object that was involved. Hmm. Now, they originally said that it was a weather balloon. And then they said later that it was part of Project Mogul, which was a balloon project that was supposed to be listening to the Russians. So they would put radiation detectors on these balloons and fly them up high in the air. And they were supposed to be detecting whether the Russians had detonated any nukes because they didn't. They said, we're the only ones who have nukes. We want to know if the Russians have nukes. So we're going to check on them with these spy balloons. But at the same time, it seems like a bad place to do that. If you were going to launch those over the continental United States, you would be able to spy on the Russians better from the northern part of the United States. I bet you Canada would let us. Yeah. Launch them from Canada, uh-huh. Alaska, Alaska, the coasts. Yeah, the coasts. Right. So that like was New Mexico. Kind of an implausible story, right? <laughs> that makes sense. No, yeah. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> Super duper far away. They'll never find it. Yeah, never find it. It's pretty much as far away from Russia as you can get. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right? Hell, Alaska, what, you can throw a football across yeah, seriously. the water and hit the Bering Strait over Russia. there. Yeah, serious. Also, if you do, if you're ever down in New Mexico and you get a chance to stop by Roswell, they have a humongous UFO library. So I've been down to Roswell once. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad and I went down there to visit my younger brother who lived down there for several years. Dude, it was cool. Like we didn't have time to go to museums or anything like that, but there's alien stuff all over the place. Oh yeah. They really leaned that into it. They, I have always wanted to go back cause I thought it'd be really cool. Cause I like alien shit. I'm kind of disappointed. We only had one day to stay there. So I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get to see more uh, stuff, but at the same time, there's something really cool that they do in Roswell. Most of the areas they're going to give you a wristband. 
right? They're going to say, Hey, you can come into the museum. You pay to get in, you get a wristband. Hey, if you want to come back in later, you got the wristband, right? Right. Everything that we went to there, I don't know if it's like that for everything. All of the places that you had to pay to get in, they gave you a wristband so you could come back. And so it was something where like, Hey, you're walking around downtown Roswell. Hey, Oh, you know what? I wish that I could have read more about this in the museum. Just pop back in, go read it. I bet you're like me when you go to those places, you're reading all the placards and. Oh yeah. I love that stuff. Oh, me too. I'm absolutely like that. I'm gathering as much info as I possibly can because I love that kind of stuff. It was funny. So growing, well, not growing up, but uh, when my kids were growing up, they'd always ask questions. What is this? What is this? What is that? Blah, blah, blah. And Shantae would always ask your dad. He knows everything. Just start rattling stuff off. She's like, how the freak do you know all this stuff? I'm like, see these cool little things that have like words on it? (laughs) It has information on it. If you read it, it tells you something. (laughs) Like, so we'll go to like museums and stuff and I'll be reading everything and they'll be like four or five exhibits down. I'm like, I'm just back here learning. And Mm -hmm. I like that stuff. I'm paying money. Like I want to learn. Teach me. Exactly. Well, and when you're, when you're there, it really puts that all together. And I remember like you reach a research Roswell and it's, it's something that's easy to pick up and put, put back down and you're like, I'm researching it. But when you're there, you get a real clear picture of the circumstances and why those circumstances are important. Corona, New Mexico is within the fallout plume of the Trinity test type. Radioactive fallout from the Trinity test fell on Corona, New Mexico. When you're, when you're there, you get to realize, Hey, look, this incident happened directly after a hellacious thunderstorm. We're talking about a real significant thunderstorm, not just a non-trivial incident. So, I mean, the, the argument would be that some kind of flying object was downed during that thunderstorm. Yeah. That would be crazy. A thunderstorm knocked out a UFO out of the sky. (laughs) Frankly, I think it's, Frankly, I think it's a lot more uh, plausible than like a fighter aircraft shooting a, a UFO down. Yeah. Right? Yeah, serious. Like, like, because fighter aircraft, it's like, it's just the technology is so much lower. It'd just be a freak accident if the lightning hit it out of the air. It's like, how can yeah. you predict where the lightning's coming from? Boom, right. caught it. Too, down, to the, down to the ground. Well, there was, so I was watching, it was a historical thing where they had fighter jets and there was a certain pilot that actually shot down an alien aircraft. And then he got into a physical altercation with... The pilot of that aircraft. Did he tell the pilot of the aircraft, welcome to Earth? Yeah, you saw that. <laughs> and then he took him prisoner and he took him to a, the secret military base. When he, when he base. shot it down, he said, hope you, hope you got airbags. <laughs> yeah. You guys saw that too? <laughs> <laughs> what, you're saying that that was fake? Independence Day. No, yes, that's that was, exactly what it was. Wasn't that a documentary? Yes. docu-series. It's a historical. Docu-series. Yeah, there's two of them. <laughs> His kid, that same pilot's kid ends up fighting the same aliens. Weird, bro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I, I would say that by the time I got done, I mean, I'd read about Roswell, I'd done my own mm-hmm. research, but especially after going through the museum and being able to get that 30,000 foot overview, I think that there's a com- very compelling case, more likely to not, that there was some kind of cover up that wasn't a weather balloon and it wasn't a mogul balloon that happened there. One of the things that there's a key player in the Roswell incident, his the the key player's name is Jesse Marcel. And there's a famous photograph of him with some tinfoil and it's like, this is what we found in the field. And and he later was like, yeah, I had to pose with this tinfoil. They ordered me to, and it wasn't what we found. <laughs> no shit. And the thing about Mr. Jesse Marcel was awesome. that he later in life, I believe he died of lung cancer. He had been this guy who had released the press release because he was the intelligence and information officer at the base. He re- released the, the information along with out the guy who started the museum. Those guys had released the information that it was a disc. And then they'd been later told that 
that it that it was a balloon, and they were kind of the people who looked crappy, right? Sure. Mm. Yeah, they take the heat. And so, that sucks, so later in life, Jesse Marcel comes forward and he's like, you know what? I wanted to be in the army, and I couldn't be a whistleblower and yeah. be a, an officer in the army. And now that I'm retired and probably not going to be here, I really right. don't don't want to be that guy. I want to set the record straight. Yeah, good for him. And so, skeptics of the Roswell story say, well, yeah, exactly. That's why you didn't want to be the guy that you were. You're looking for some relevance, and you're going to tell us all that it was aliens when you know you were just mistaken. One of the interesting things is they said, you didn't complain about this at the time. You're just full of it now. And so Hout, the guy who started the museum, when he started getting into that, he started creating affidavits. He created a few himself and then he'd go to witnesses and have them create affidavits so that we could get the record on record on record. Yeah. And one one of his early affidavits, he says, he talks about Jesse Marcel being frustrated about the orders that he was given. And, and this is all before Jesse comes out and says- Yeah, this stuff. is yeah. this is before later in life when he came forward, right? right? I thought it was very interesting because one of the criticisms is just, hey, you, you, you didn't complain about it at the time. Why didn't you? You just are now just trying to be famous, you know? Well, I mean, it's very simple, right? You have a non-disclosure- yeah. Right. If you're if you're employed by somebody and they tell you, hey, don't talk about this, or you will potentially face criminal charges, like probably not going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, for that's sure. It's very easy. And then you have to live this whole time looking like the idiot, and that would be extremely frustrating. <laughs> he brought down a fucking sword, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Safety first. Safety first. You know how I've got a knife long, that has a real blade on it, but okay. You know how the long the blood circle on that thing is. <laughs> What's a blood circle? How freaking much you can kill around you in a circle. Oh, yeah. Did you not? I don't know that that's what it was called. You didn't do Boy, Boy Scouts? Yeah. They didn't have he sword did. fighting. He just didn't pay he attention. Loved, he loved they didn't Scoutmaster have, Bill so much. They didn't have sword fighting in as a merit badge when and I went Scout through. Scoutmaster Bill You know what? Him. We need an alternative to the Boy Scouts. Yeah. Like, Man Scouts? Uh, <laughs> but it's for men yeah it's boy the, scouts but for men it's called the army yeah oh my God. like it, this is how you be a man that, stop apologizing that sounds like that a, scouts be it's a like fucking a, man about dude, it let's do it well, yeah. we're gonna start up it's gonna be part of our only fans yeah it's gonna be man scouts yeah it'll be a new segment yeah we'll do man, man scout merit we'll work on merit badges man scout merit badges. right you'll advance through different bro <clears throat> dude yeah. that sounds like a this. bar downtown Man scouts, <laughs> bro. You can have like a membership there, Does. depending on it's how many times you get the there bro. and how much you spend there. Like you start to advance, you earn Man different, scouts. you earn different merit badges. <laughs> this is a this is all inclusive. This is an all inclusive man. Or, like we don't define what a man is because it's twenty twenty three. That's true. Do you want to start with the other story first? Then, if he's if incident the Phoenix Fowdy, incident so Fowdy. Yeah, it's called Incident Forty. So Incident Fowdy Hands. Yeah, we're going to talk about Phoenix Lights. We haven't really talked about that yet, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. But before Phoenix Lights, there was something called Incident 40. So let's see if this blows the clamps off Phoenix Lights, because I was going to refer to Phoenix Lights first, because I, I guarantee Phoenix Lights doesn't really talk about Incident 40. But Incident Correct. 40 talks about Phoenix Lights, including photos of an alleged UFO and perhaps one of the first appearances of... The Men in Black. That's what Incident it. 40 is. I knew it. The Men in Black is a real thing. All right. So it says here, when people interested in the UFO topic here, the name of the city of Phoenix, Arizona, they most likely think about the Phoenix Lights incident of 1997, which we're going to get into. But it turns out that Phoenix has been the host of numerous incidents of sightings of anomalous unidentified objects in our skies for quite some time. In fact, such reports date back to the earliest days of what is considered to be the modern history of ufology. The United States UFOlogy? government- UFOlogy? Yep. Nice. Sorry. What'd you drop? Just- the blood circle killed 
His, <laughs> his legs gone. With the, with the hilt. <laughs> There's blood everywhere. <laughs> All right, here. So, so how many how many dispatch calls do you think end up like that? Oh yeah, <laughs> serious. Oh yeah, dudes just doing dumb shit. Absolutely. <laughs> on the popo. Absolutely. Well, you had that story the other day of those idiot poly dudes playing with the gun trying to say it was a drive-by. Yeah, exactly. What? Cranked around the, off in his right Cranked in around right into his foot. Why is there powder burns on the yeah, shit. leg? It's like the angle at which you were at, you must have been like hanging upside down or what's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> uh, this report dates back to the earliest days was considered the ufology. United States government has taken considerable interest in many of them. We know that for sure, right? We've kind of talked about that a little bit. One of the sightings was reported on the same day that the infamous Roswell crash took place. Ooh. So same day. That's interesting. Though it attracted far less attention in the media, but the event drew a lengthy scrutiny from the U.S. Air force over the course of investigation that would last for several years so the event in question took place on july 7th of 47 in arizona phoenix uh william a rhodes professional musician and amateur photographer radio operator and electronics technology enthusiast was leaving his home to go to work uh which he had actually constructed a workshop in his backyard when he heard a curious noise coming from the west and according to the witness from his yard he saw nothing in that direction but quickly noted an un- unusual sight to the northeast he described it as an elliptical flat gray object measuring 20 to 30 feet across traveling at 400 to 600 miles per hour spiraling downward from approximately 5,000 feet in altitude to about 2,000 feet he quickly ran to his workshop grabbed his kodiak brownie 120 box camera returning outside he captured one picture of the object as it approached its lo- lowest trajectory and another after it ended its spiraling descent it began to ramp accelerate upwards at a 45 degree angle after the object disappeared rose wasted little time sharing his experience with the newspaper that was local there they ran an article on the front page including two of the photos that other witnesses had taken and there was quite a bit of excitement that came after it i'm sure mm-hmm. uh what williams rose didn't know at the time was that the federal government was also aware of the story almost immediately and had taken keen interest in his account so the feds already knew about this so they'd mm-hmm. taken a big time interest what? In yeah exactly (laughs) what followed it was an investigation spanning more than five years and a personal journey for roads not always positive in nature he become part of the project grudge when we talk about that a little bit okay he was he a colonel so historically no he's just a regular dude he became he became part of project grudge why i'm thinking of Iron Man's sidekick is Colonel Rhodes. <coughs> oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I was like, why does that sound so So, familiar? identified simply as Incident 40 and later Project Blue Book. And his story may have featured one of the earliest recorded appearances of individuals referred to in ufology, UFO mythology as the Men in Black. Yes. They have historical documents about that, too. <laughs> I think there's three or four different yeah. documentaries about It's a docu-series. Every time yeah. you say that, I'm like, what is he going to say next? And then I remember. I'm like, oh, my God. Then you remember it's Fitz and like, okay, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> historical documents on this? He's a simpleton. <laughs> it's actually a really, really good documentary, though. <clears throat> I think the first documentary was the best. Hands down. Yeah, by far and away. I really enjoyed that one. (laughs) So it says here that he provided many interviews to newspapers and magazines in the coming weeks. Media outlets of the time were very interested in the flying saucer topic because only two weeks earlier, the world had learned of Kenneth Arnold's infamous report of multiple enigmatic craft sighted near Mount Rainier in Washington State. Kenneth uh-huh. Arnold. Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. The press incorrectly reported Arnold's description of the craft as flying saucers, but the name stuck. It's worth noting Mr. Rose's photography eerily matched the record that was described that Arnold gave of the craft that he observed. Mm-hmm. So his photos matched what Arnold had said up at Mount Rainier. 
which is crazy, mm-hmm. right? And they, they were kind of a crescent shape, as I recall. Is that correct? Yeah. If you look at it, yeah. it looks kind of crescent. So his sighting was pushed off some of the front pages fairly quickly because of some cosmic coincidences, if that's what it really is. It took place on the same day the newspaper in Roswell, New Mexico, reported the famous recovery of a flying disc. What eventually became the benchmark for all UFO reports of that era. So it kind of coincided with Roswell, New Mexico, which is crazy. And yeah. two weeks prior, they had it at Mount Rainier. Mount Rainier. Think to yourself, 1947. Like, what's the significance of that? I, I look at timelines and ask myself, if these are extraterrestrial beings, like, what is, what's going on in the world in 47? What are they doing? Well, we just flipping lit off some nukes. Right. Really Two recently. Right. We lit off some nukes pretty recently. Yeah. And now we've got maybe some interstellar beings that are like, hey, these guys have harnessed the power of the atom. Let's go check these guys out and see how far along they are. Right. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not saying they are. I'm not saying they are. But that could be. That's like a hypothesis. One of the most interesting, I think that at this time in history, the world was the most unbalanced mm-hmm. that we've had in a long time because the United States was the only country with nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Right. And so politically, Super, super dynamic as mm-hmm. well, right? Yeah. Think about it. America could have taken over the damn world. If you think about it, Should if they have. were, if we had those intentions, yeah, you could have. You know what I mean? Laid waste to all of its enemies, then we would just call Earth America. <laughs> America. <laughs> Welcome to Planet America, <laughs> where freedom reigns supreme. <laughs> We should have killed billions of people. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been great. Oh, and then you have gosh. your freedom. There you go. You're welcome. We only had to kill all the communists and all Thanks. the bad people. <laughs> all the commies are dead. Bye, Stalin. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. Mao, who are you? Yeah, Bye. Mao Zedong. <laughs> Fuck you too, buddy. <laughs> Nobody ever listens to reason. It's horrible. You know, one of the things that, sorry, Nate, you're good, you're good. You've been on a shots fired call. As soon as you're like halfway there, one of the things you're th- thinking to yourself is, do we have any more callers? Right? Yeah. Right. So like in the world of, do we have any more callers applied to, to know what the legitimacy is? We're talking about at this time, just a ton of these coming in, mm-hmm. a, a ton of sightings. And we're talking yeah. about a time where reporting a sighting is difficult. It's not mm-hmm. picking up a telephone. Yeah. It's not going onto the internet and like, where do I report this? You have exactly. to, you have to do some legwork. Yeah. Yeah. find out where yeah. to report this. You got to contact your local news agency and if they even want to yeah. run with your story because you yeah. sound like a psycho. Were phone books even around back then? Not really, dude. You just so called the no operator. You just called the operator. You called zero, zero and they operator, connected yeah. you. Yeah. And there were probably people who just didn't report it. I wonder, I wonder even considering, I think now there's a, a lot of stigma surrounding it. Obviously these people are credible people. I mean, you're talking about somebody who went to the, the effort of getting their pilot's license in one of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of these guys are like military people. Yeah, exactly. Like how credible can you be? Seriously. Right. And like you're saying, I don't like to just go off one-offs. Like you might just have a crazy person. Oh yeah. But if you've got an event that occurs and you have multiple witnesses that are yeah. extraneous, they're not they don't know each other and they're reporting similar details on something. It's like, damn, like, it's, it kind of gives us some credibility. Yeah. Like we talk about when we go on calls, it's like you, you have one person calling in. Okay. This person's probably right. crazy, but then you yeah. get three calls. It's like, well, okay, it's, this might it, be legit. Am I the only one that when dispatch informs, you know, they give you the details, you know, and they tell, you know, just so you know, you know, we're having multiple calls on this and you're like, oh, okay. I feel much better. Exactly. And it can be like some horrendous, like multiple shots fired, yeah. you know, blood is everywhere. It's like, oh, okay, cool. This might actually be multiple legit. calls might yeah. be legit. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you get one call. It's like they call in like 10,000 shots just occurred. Yeah. How many calls? One. Yeah. Like, okay. Probably not real. Right. 
Probably not. Well, and, and we're going to talk about the Phoenix Lights later, but while we're doing research, you know, you're having multiple people describe the same thing in different, like in their own words. It's like, how I don't know how you refute that. How are you arguing? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. With, yeah. So the next portion of this is the arrival of the men in black. On August 29th of 47, William Rose is interviewed by Special Agent George Fugit Jr. from Counterintelligence Corps, CIC back in the day, and Special Agent Brower, no first name given, of the FBI. Mm-hmm. Or as they call him in the historical document, B. <laughs> Agent B. Agent B. So initially, when they introduced themselves to Rhodes, they only introduced themselves as representatives of the United States of America and their government. Are you serious? Yes. That's what he says? Yep. Representatives of the United States government. That they didn't say who they're from. They said, we represent the government and we're here to like, help. Cool. Well, the slidewalk's over there. You can <laughs> yeah, talk to no me kidding. from over there, representative. <laughs> so you want to tell me who you really are? You know, a lot of people argue that the men in black are intentionally ridiculous to make telling them about like it, encounters. Oh my gosh, that would make sense. Yeah. To, they're, they're like, yeah, they act ridiculous so that when you tell anyone about it, it you sound ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the government came over to my house and they wouldn't tell me their names. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm sure they they're wouldn't. Gov- agent government or eight governments of the eight. Yeah. Motherfucker. That's tough work. Agents, agents of the government came over and didn't identify themselves. Like, exactly. Good one. You sound they like a crazy to. person. It's required by law. They, they have to identify. <clears throat> so in later interviews, Special Agent Brower would state that he found the suppression of his full identity to be very peculiar, but it was none of his business. And he continued on with the interviews. So he was instructed to not <laughs> reveal who he was. He's like, I thought that was weird, but it's because they're starting this, this, yes. this dark... You know, this yes. undercover, what would you call it? Just three-digit acronym, yeah. most likely. Alphabet soup agency. Yeah, alphabet yep. soup agency that's going to come online and start interviewing people that have these encounters, right? Third, the, the crazy encounters of the third kind. If you got approached by the government and they disclosed, hey, the men in black is real and we want you to come be an agent with us, but you have to give up everything that you have right now, would you do it? Negative. You wouldn't? Give up my family? Fuck no. Same here. No. What if you could take your Negative. favorite child with you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing it. <laughs> what if they what if they erase your memory? <laughs> then I have so no you choice. don't know that you have I have no choice kids. now. And then you, you erase go. my memory? Okay, you're part of the system now. I was like, okay. No, no, no. I mean, like you still know everything, but they re- they erase all your family stuff and they replace it with other stuff. No. So that I it'll make it an to. easier choice. I don't care. No, I don't care that much. I'll cons- I'll be conspiracy theorist still. Thank you. What if they let you take your family? <laughs> well, but maybe. But they erase everybody else's memory about your family my family probably pissed about that (laughs) (laughs) look these guys in black suits are gonna come in here just look at the light it's gonna be fine you'll be fine i already have my daughters i don't have any friends you have plenty of nah now (laughs) you don't because i erased them you're all in you're in You erase their brains like, yeah, we don't actually. Sorry. <laughs> I think I, I could go. I mean, she's going to whine about it. And then you just neuralize her. Boom. <laughs> neuralize her. So this is, uh, this is an interesting fact right here that comes up next. It says, uh, the interviews continued. Rose was asked for his original photos of the craft and the negatives from his camera. They wanted all of the documentation. He gave up the photos, but informed the agents that he would not give his negatives. Had a boy. Uh, they were not at his home, but would give them to him the next day, which he did. So oh he my gave, gosh. He, he, he gave the freaking negatives to the government. An idiot. He was informed that it was unlikely that he would have his photos and negatives returned to him. 
sorry, buddy, you never get these back. You know what? This is like just shows you how much people loved America. Ah, oh, dude. You know what? It make it, it was forty nineteen forty seven. Yes, it makes sense. I like, it's like exactly I what you just love said. America. Yeah, I mean, we, I love America. I, get it. I don't love the government. We can say that yes, now. We can nineteen forty seven. Yeah. You know, a couple years after the end of the great, the biggest world war, like, yeah, I get it. I know. I could get that. All right. So this is a peculiar part of this re- of the record. The few available images of FBI agents of the 1950s indicate that they would typically show up for assignments wearing a stereotypical black business suit and dress shoes. Hats or dark glasses were obviously optional. In the modern era, when law enforcement officials at any level visit citizens, it is standard procedure to produce valid identification, including the agency they work for and the reason for their visit. This was not the case with the agents in this incident, obviously, as I've pointed out. Mm -hmm. And the information doesn't come to us from some UFO conspiracy outlet. The information is documented in archived government reports. So this is not some conspiracy. This is legit. They didn't mm-hmm. identify themselves and they went around talking to people about the UFO sightings. You know, it would not identify themselves. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You know, it's interesting because like we talk about, is there like an actual agency or are these people parts of, or, of different agencies? Mm-hmm. A lot of times when they're forming a new agency, they're drawing from other agencies. They're legit could be like an agency out there that's just like, yeah, we don't tell our, tell them our names. Yeah, it, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it helps us later. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Apparently Rose is pissed off about them taking his stuff. Well, oh, don't, don't give it to him, I guy. know. So he's pissed off about it. And I guess it led to complications with the ensuing investigation. They didn't have doormats at that time that said, come back with a warrant. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Fuck around and find out, dude. <laughs> Investigations by the United States military and intelligence agencies began literally the day after William Rose took photos of something unusual in the skies near his home. It stretched on for a period of several years. Even before Rose was interviewed in late August of 1947, inquiries were made about the photos he submitted. Some of these investigations were were indeed technical in nature, looking into the validity of the images, the weather conditions at the time, and other data that might substantiate or invalidate the claims of the witness. But at the same time this investigators were checking out the possibility of flying discs being seen over Phoenix, they were looking even more deeply into William Rose himself. The investigative records that were later assembled as part of Project Grudge clearly showed that the government was looking into virtually every aspect of Rose's life to determine the nature of his character and how patriotic of a citizen he was. Multiple reports showed that the government had requested a full record of Rose's credit history, as well as his personal history, with his neighbors being interviewed to determine what sort of person he was. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know they had credit back in the 40s. <laughs> One early report stated that there are other undesirable aspects to this case. The observer's character and business affiliations are presently under investigation. So they're like defaming this guy. And subsequent reports show that the investigation took a great deal of interest into many aspects of Rose's life that had nothing to do with unidentified aerial phenomena. Good grief. Those investigations resulted in reports that delved into very private matters. One report recorded that his mother was a Russian immigrant... Oh, ding, ding, ding. Oh, it. <laughs> With suggestions that the family's loyalties might lie elsewhere. It was noted that he was a mu- musician and that his wife was the only source of income for the family. So he's uh, got the one wife so far. He just needs two more. Two more. <laughs> the report claimed that Rhodes was not religious and is a registered Democrat. Well, there you go. That's the uh, only yeah, <laughs> Along Next <with> the story. <laughs> along- <laughs> we got it. We solved it. <laughs> along with the fact that he did not vote in the last election. So they knew all of this shit. Holy cow. How in the all of this was re- rec- uh, recorded despite the fact that interviews with his neighbors recorded him as being an excellent neighbor who devotes considerable time to community projects. It's a good friend. <laughs> yeah, he's a Russian spy, bro. Yeah. How does this what's help that, the Russians? What's Americans. that? Right. <laughs> Americans. <laughs> Americans. Destabilize the American society by making them believe in UFOs. 
there you go. And then we're like, yeah, we're going to do the same thing to you. (laughs) (laughs) So the final reports from the investigation are conflicting in many regards. Some investigators found the sighting highly compelling while others wrote it off entirely. But it was clear that there were questions raised about Rose from the beginning. One report in particular highlighted the divided nature of opinions into both the photographic evidence and the credibility of the witness. So on the first page of the report, investigators concluded that no astronomical explanation seems possible for the unusual object cited in this incident. It goes on to say this case is especially important because of the photographic evidence and because of the similarity of these photographs to the drawings by Redacted in Incident 17. Incident 17 was a Kenneth Arnold sighting. The report goes on to marvel that these two best attested entirely independent cases should agree on, so wait, wait. closely what, concerning. What's the time lapse between two weeks? Arnold and this. So if we're going in numerical order, that means there's at least 23 other incidents in that two week time period. Think so? If we're going in chronological right to so if Arnold is there. And now, and these, 17. Yeah, 17 to 40. If now, we're going in if number the, if, order. If those numbers are all only associated with UFO sightings and sure. stuff, they might attribute numbers to other things as well. There probably are some unfounded cases in there, right? Sure. Oh, sure. So the report goes on to marvel that these two best attested, entirely independent cases should agree so closely concerning the shape of the object and its maneuverability. The report further describes Incident 40 as being one of the most crucial in the history of these objects and recommended a continued investigation and the gathering of more evidence. I have an observation. What's that? Okay, so we have a crescent-shaped object traveling at four to 600 miles an hour. Uh-huh. And the Arnold incident, it was going about 1,000 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about something that is not necessarily defying the laws of physics, right? Mm-hmm. Those are attainable speeds. Yeah. Could it have been a government aircraft that because it was seen they started looking at these people as potential information sources for the russians yeah yeah could be you know obviously back in that time we were truly trying to get to the point where we could break the sound barrier and we're inventing you know jets yeah the jet propulsion system and you know if you think about it dang we we came out with a lot of cool aerial aircraft well, and the, the end of the war the germans were the only ones to have jet engine Mm -hmm. in their plane now oh sorry go ahead no so you've got a couple years later right these people still aren't used to having Mm -hmm. jet propelled aircraft so what could be four or five hundred miles per hour could be viewed as oh it's like a thousand miles an hour would Mm -hmm. i i don't run a smartphone could you do me a favor look up the horton 229 look at the way that aircraft is set up and tell me what you think Oh, yeah. That's a German prototype that was made at the end of the war. I don't know if you're looking at it or Mm -mm. not. Will you show Jake? Horton 229. Oh, yeah. Crescent-shaped aircraft. Dude, it looks a lot like, you know, what our B-bombers look like. Yeah. T-2 bomber. The flying wings kind of looking. When was this developed? The end of World War II. Oh, yeah. They had three prototypes. Oh, there you go. That's a German one. Yeah, they were all captured by America. Oh, yeah. They had how many? Three of those aircraft, they were all captured by America. Oh, what's the top speed on them? The idea was that it would go a thousand miles an hour. Dang. There you go. Or excuse me, oh, a yeah. thousand kilometers. That's Developed. almost. That's about seven. Yeah, seven hundred. Yeah. Interesting. Thousand kilometers per hour. Six hundred and twenty miles per hour in freedom language. Freedom terms. Yeah. Very interesting. So Rhodes. Rhodes kept after him saying, hey, I need those negatives back all the way until 1952 when the Air Force Director of Intelligence at Wright-Patterson to report that they did not have the negatives, but if they were found, they would be returned to Rhodes with apologies. (laughs) Of course. Oh, In order to avoid press excitement. Huh? Well, they lost the negatives. 
probably at the same place the uh, they put the Ark of the Covenant exactly. in uh, right. yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. That big old warehouse. warehouse. <laughs> so it's just interesting to see that it seems like this has kind of been the SOP since the beginning, that UFOs were being cited by individuals. You, you had people who were just regular Joes having cameras that were accessible and started taking pictures of these mm-hmm. things they saw in the sky. And like, and I kind of brought this up earlier. Like, do we think it's extraterrestrial or do we think it's, you know, advanced technologies from our own government or other governments, you know, who knows, like kind of technologies they have, or is it technologies that we've gained from possible UFO crashes that we're reverse engineering and testing out stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Be a fun one too. Like think about government experiments. Have you heard of the Philadelphia project? Yes, I have. This is the invisibility experiment. Yes. Like people. We tried to make people invisible. No. Like a Uh, battleship. Like battleships did. Is this recently? This is back in like the yeah. 40s and 50s. Oh, that would be so dope. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the the account that I know, <laughs> and I don't know a hell of a lot of it, but this could be a whole other topic that we talked mm-hmm. about. But I just think about experiments. And why I thought about this is because of experiments, like reverse engineering stuff. And, and you know, the government is going to let us in on a lot of stuff. Example, SR-71, the Blackbird, right? Oh, yeah. The Blackbird, when was that thing developed? Back in the 60s? Yeah, it was does it, like I think they got a clean sheet uh, drawing of that thing in '58. Yeah, exactly. So '58, they have this. They have this jet that's going to fly Mach three plus. For how many years was that thing top secret? For a long freaking mm-hmm. time. Obviously, people knew of it, but they didn't know of the specifications or what altitudes right. it could reach or what speeds it could reach. And even to this day, are those speeds accurate? I don't know. I I think that there's a lot of well the, information hidden about that. The book says. Mach 3.3. Brian mm-hmm. Shule was a pilot for the mm-hmm. Air Force. He recently died, but he was an SR-71 pilot. And he he would always say, how fast does it go? Faster than the book says it goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Faster than the book says it goes. That stands to reason too, because you've had, you have jets that reach speeds close to what the reported speed of the SR-71 was, but it didn't have the same effects on those planes structures as the SR-71 would have in flight. Like the SR-71 would stretch, mm-hmm. would it would warp because it would get so hot because it was traveling at such high speeds. But you get other planes that reach near that speed and they're not doing the same type of thing. Like, why is that? Because they're probably traveling at speeds much faster than what they're reporting mm-hmm. is what I think. It's interesting because like you think about something like, like the X-15 was a rocket plane. Mm-hmm. We put them on a B-52 and drop it. And, and then it'd fly it, off. Yeah. yeah, they'd have, I, th- I think the maximum speed they got that thing was just north of Mach 6 mm-hmm. and then we just stop flying it and they're just like oh yep that's as fast as we go mm-hmm. <laughs> the end <laughs> that's it that's all she wrote <laughs> it makes sense to kind of develop that in the public space where you don't have to maintain secrecy for a minute mm-hmm. and then you can be like yeah we retired that project we figured it out what did we do with all that information we gathered <laughs> that's not a need no we're not telling you <laughs> exactly yeah. so that's stuff that I'm talking about like secrets the government keeps and eventually you know the secrets are let out and even then though when the secret is let out how much of that information is actual factual information mm-hmm. compared to what the truth really is right. and this could be for some of these objects that we see flying around the sky maybe it is government stuff maybe maybe it is man i'll tell you what i grew up by an air force base this is an anecdotal story i grew up by an air force base you know we play night games go out at night dude in the neighborhood back in the the day dude nobody had fences in their yards yeah we play kick the can capture the flag stuff like that and i remember this one time it's probably close to midnight and the air force base was probably 10 miles Maybe not even that far, maybe like six miles. And so it's pretty, pretty close. I mean, they'd have jets flying over the top of our house all the time. Loud as fuck, dude. So loud to like shake the windows. That's how close we were to this thing. Mm -hmm. 
I remember we were playing out at night one time. I was probably early teens, 13, 14. And as we're out there, you know, playing kick the can or capture the flag or whatever it was, it's dark in our neighborhood. We didn't have a hell of a lot of streetlights. So you could see the sky really, really well. I remember I was looking up. I don't know how. I just, something caught my eye and I was looking over the top of this Air Force base and I see this thing hovering above. It looks like hovering above the Air Force base. It's three lights. Oh, really? Look like they're in a triangular pattern yeah. right above, right above the Air Force base. Right. And I'm like, what the hell? Like I'm thinking it's a jet and I'm thinking I'm going to see those lights moving now. Mm-hmm. And is it, as I'm looking, it doesn't, doesn't move. And I can't see, cause it's dark enough. I can't see like a silhouette of anything against the, the night sky, the night backdrop. All I can see is where there would be normally stars. It's blocking because that thing is there. UFO possibly, right? I don't know what it is. It's unidentified to me. So I don't know what the hell it is, but it's in a triangular pattern and I'm looking at it and I got a buddy who's there and I point up to him like, check that out. Look at that. And he looks over. He's like, what the heck is that thing? And we're looking at it. And we probably looked at it for a good five minutes and we're like, we couldn't figure out what the hell it was. And all of a sudden, dude, this thing just took off. No sound. If a jet is in the area, Whoa. we're going to hear that thing yeah. take off. And this thing took off at a high clip. So, And you decided to wait until now to tell us this well, story? Oh, well, the thing about it is. <laughs> well, he did and the MIB came out and they did all this ridiculous stuff. He told people, they're like, you sound like an idiot. I don't want to start off the podcast by telling my own story. I wanted to get in some yeah, stuff no, and tell my own attic little story. That's amazing. So, like, honestly, I don't know what it was. Was it uh, was it just uh, an aircraft, this regular aircraft, and because of where I was situated and how it took off, maybe I didn't hear the exhaust or the, you know, the blast from the engines taking off. And how was it hovering? I have no idea. But everything I understand now at the time is like, that doesn't seem very possible for the stuff that we have, you know, shown to us, our military has capability of. Like a hovering aircraft that can just like it's like triangular shape possibly quiet be quiet take off like nothing dude i just it was very very odd i remember like coming in like we're me and my buddy were like holy shit did you see that i I think we probably were cussing actually (laughs) holy shit did you see that oh that's so freaking crazy they're like holy shit did you see that (laughs) holy shit (laughs) yeah exactly holy s-h-i-t we were like freaking out about it. And then we came in and, you know, parents and we're telling our parents and like, okay, you stupid little kids, go away. We're trying to watch Jeopardy or who knows what, you know. <laughs> we're watching the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> we're watching X-Files. <laughs> Don't bring us shit. We're watching real stuff here. Meanwhile, there's a triangle UFO on the TV. <laughs> I'm like, it looked just like that. It's like, okay. I'm sure it did, son. You've been watching too many yeah. X-Files. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the weirdest freaking thing, dude. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't wrap my brain around it. And, you know, that's been flipping forever ago, 20, what, 25 years ago, something like that. And and I think to myself, I mean, I'm remembering like how I remember, I think. I don't think I'm like adding to or subtracting anything from it. But your, your, your memory kind of gets funky, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe I interpolated some things myself when I was younger, you know. Maybe I was like, oh, that was something, but it really wasn't as crazy as it was maybe if i saw it nowadays it wouldn't be that big of a deal but to me at the time it seemed so weird because mm-hmm. i'd never seen anything like that before and but, everything that i understood about it, i couldn't wrap my brain around it's probably why you still remember it exactly it was so strange yeah it was so weird i wonder how many of these sightings have happened and people don't recognize that they're seeing something strange yeah. mm-hmm. i mean this isn't nearly as str- 
this is nearly the magnitude that you're talking about. But I remember this was just a couple months ago. I was in my yard mowing the lawn and I'm looking up and I, you know, how you can see contrails, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I see this contrail up there that looks super high and you, you get a, you get a feel for how fast an airplane moves across the sky sure. at high altitude. It is making good time across yeah. the sky. For how high it is. Yeah. And they should be moving slow. So I'm dropping the mower and I'm just looking at there for like just a couple minutes watching it just beat it across the sky. I'm like, what in the world is that thing? Yeah. And then I'm like, when it got to close to the horizon, I was like, you should you should have gone inside and get your binoculars. Yeah. But now you're too late because by the time you come back, yeah. Yeah, it'll be it's going to be gone. gone. I'm like, that is not an airliner. It's no. it's doing way too fast. I didn't hear a sonic boom. Uh-huh. I'm like, what in the world is that thing? Like a high flying supersonic jet isn't necessarily going to make a supersonic uh-huh. a su- a sonic boom that I can hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't think that they're running supersonic flights over my area. <laughs> you <laughs> like, never know. I mean- it, it was Dave just, would know. <laughs> Dave would know. No, they they might. I really don't know. But it was just, I was like, that is weird. I know if I was out mowing the lawn and my wife had been on the front porch and be like, look at that airplane. She'd be like, great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't care. <laughs> She's like, the thing in the air? Yeah, they're supposed to There's be there. There's a lot of those. As long as it doesn't land here, we're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as it doesn't start dropping things, Dave, we're, we're going to be okay. As long honey. as it stays up there, we're good. <laughs> Get back to mowing the lawn now. Thank you. Finish your job. Can you straighten up those lines too? They're they're looking kind of crooked, babe. <laughs> Stop looking up and look down, buddy. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's very interesting because, like you said, you can you can tell how high airplanes are typically traveling above where you live at. I mean, they typically travel about the same height. They're not very they're not varying their altitude much where you because they they travel those those areas all the time well, with that certain altitude. I can, might deviate a little bit. I can usually see that it's an air like I can see yeah. like that's an airliner. Yeah, right? you can tell. You know, they're close enough that you're like, oh, I can make out the full shape of that airplane right yeah. there when it's flying up so high and it's leaving contrails. You're like, what the frick is going on here? They're also working on technologies. I'm sure you know this. They're working on technologies that are that are uh, supersonic technologies that'll make it so they don't make sonic booms. Oh, yeah. Which I'm sure they're f- much further than what they let on here on Google. Yeah. You know, you research it. And it's like, oh, we're working on the ability to to have airplanes Google travel supersonic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that don't make sonic booms. Ask, like, Go- ask Google if uh, Hunter Biden is, has committed any crimes. Negative. It hasn't. <laughs> I mean, has he been convicted yet? <laughs> uh, that's what they—that's what they can say. And nor will he ever be. Yeah, he signed that plea. He's got that. He's got that. Get out of jail free card. He's got that plea forever. <laughs> I need one of those. Seriously. Oh my gosh! You know what kind of havoc I'd wreak? So much fun. What has he done that we don't know about? Yeah. It's true. So much. <laughs> true. I mean, we only know probably the tip of the iceberg, honestly. The stuff that he was willing to like. Give to the laptop repairman was like him banging hookers and smoking crack. Let's just talk about the Phoenix, the light sensitive 97. Let's talk about that. You guys done a little bit of research on that. So that's one more thing that's coming out of Phoenix once again. And once again, you think about this, uh, some of these places have multiple reports of UFO sightings. And you ask yourself, why is that? Is it because it somehow draws the attention of extraterrestrials or there's government agencies in the area. There's a there's a litany of reasons why it possibly could, but it's weird how they'd it'd be a focal point. Well, yeah, what's the significance? What's of the significance? And with the Phoenix Lights, if it were the government, what would be the point of having a humongous? Yeah, <laughs> like why there? It's the helicarrier. It's the helicarrier yeah. just yeah. floating over your. Hey guys, we're testing this out in Phoenix, yeah. where there's a million plus people. 
No big deal, right? You'd think you'd take it out to the West Desert or something and not let anybody see it. The Phoenix Lights, what happened there? Just so we can let our listeners know. So we're talking about a number of sightings. I can't remember how many over how many days. But so from what I, it sounds like it was just one day, but it was like a four hour time period. So for four hours, they see these lights in the sky? It says March 13 from 7.30 to 10.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Okay. So it was, in a space of about 300 miles. So it was a multi-hour UFO yeah. sighting. Multi-hour. Just tons and tons of, uh, tons of people. people that saw w- it. Weren't they, so from what I remember in the story that I've heard, is there there were so many sightings, is overloading the 911 circuit board. Yeah. The people were calling 911, it's like, we see something in the sky, we don't know what it is. Well, and yeah. 911 couldn't even handle it, because there were so damn many calls. Well, and it's interesting to hear these the testimonies, a lot of people say that there was some type of framework yeah. behind it. And it was like, they're, they're, you're hearing different people talk about how you can almost see through it, but it's, tra- it's like an opaque, mm-hmm. but it was tra- like looking through water Yeah, like or one of, one of the semi-opaque yeah. younger adults was saying that it was uh, like a mirage, mm-hmm. right? Like the heat that rises off mm-hmm. of a hot tarmac or whatever, like it was kind of looking through that super strange. And all these people are describing the same thing, perfect circular light triangle formation all this stuff but they're describing the the way that they're trying to look through it in different ways but it's all describing the very similar you know hazy opaqueness to the structure or whatever it is that they're trying to look through hmm. so like a cloaking mechanism maybe yeah is that what i mean if you're gonna like the, if you're gonna give a give a guess yeah like a cloaking mechanism that would make sense like in predator you can keep laughing dave <laughs> predator's real you gotta laugh or cry so you think about that if an object could travel interstellar who's to say that it couldn't have some sort of cloaking device right especially if its intention is to come and spy or check things out they don't want to be seen like who says it doesn't have that well and that's a possibility with the way these things behave who knows what they look like what kind of technologies Mm -hmm. what's their material what's their mat like what are they made of you know, are you going to identify Personally, it? I think that it's some, it's an alien race and whoever's in charge of them is just a sarcastic asshole. <laughs> and they're like, look, this is going to be awesome for the next hundred years. Let's fuck with this civilization. <laughs> these dudes are wild. They just dropped two nukes in a war. Let's just mess with these dudes. <laughs> and they've just been having fun for the last 80 years. <laughs> Well, it's so interesting because some things do appear like, hey, that could be people doing it, right? There could be some kind of reason that that humans did this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's other things like the Malmstrom Air Force Base incident where it's like, why in the world would the US government like just scare the shit out of a whole bunch of Air Force guys like, Uh and make them worried about like, hey, there's something out there that we can't beat. Like you you don't want to be like, you don't want to be teaching your guys that they can't win the fight. Exactly. It's like, yeah. hey, you're fucked, you guys. Sorry about yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, we just caused a lot of doubt. <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> bad. So, like, I wonder with the Phoenix Lights, it's like, that doesn't make a lot of sense from the, I mean, unless it's a straight up psyop, why would you do that? Yeah, like, but what's, yeah, exactly. And to what extent? Why would the government do that? What's their prerogative? Yeah. And it seems a lot more likely that that's something that's, I mean, that, that seems like more fascinating and strange and mo- there doesn't seem to be a, a human motivation behind yeah. that. You know what I mean? So they see this. So just so we can get more deets about this. So they see it's 1997 in Phoenix. They see this. How how large are people describing it as? A couple oh, hundred meters. Think, yeah. 
few hundred meters. Yeah. And they saw across. lights that came with it as well? Yes. There were lights and they were in like a geometric shape, right? It was a chevron shape. Yeah. Like a, like yeah. a chevron, like they're in formation yeah. almost, mm-hmm. right? It's like in formation. And there's a mirage effect to it or some o- opaqueness to it. It could be a framework behind it. A framework behind it. I mean, you look at some of the photos of it and it looks like a straight, like parts of it look like it, that chevron is straight yeah. on both sides. Dang. That's crazy. And we, and there's multiple I'm going to say multiple, the lights, one, the two, lights, three, a thousand reports plus yeah. and there, of this thing. And the lights were, it was going slow. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't going at aircraft speeds. People, uh, and people were saying that it was going like over the rooftops. One of the, a, a couple of them were saying that you could like throw a ball in the air and you would have hit it. Really? Yeah. And they didn't Damn. hear anything. They didn't hear a thing. Damn. Like, what is that? An alien spacecraft? <laughs> Well, that we don't. Well, and, here, and here's the thing, though, right? If you have alien technology, a, a cloaking device, mm-hmm. but you're telling me you don't know how to cloak the lights, mm-hmm. like that's got to be an alien psyop mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Like, well, that's me I, as an alien. Like, that's me. Like, hey, we're going to fuck with these dudes. <laughs> Check out my lights. Go, go invisible, but turn the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, um, but sir, just do it. Okay. I'm, do it. It's going to be charged. dope. I'm in charge. Jerry's gone. Okay. Jerry's <laughs> gone for a few days. I'm in charge. We're going to go over this humongously populated area. Invisible, but with the ground lights on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I got fired. That's actually why I'm suspended. <laughs> oh, damn. For Sorry, Phoenix. Lights off. <laughs> oh. Well, and it's... It's one of the, that one, this is a great one why we call them UFOs, right? Mm-hmm. It's unidentified yep. flying object. Yeah, you know what? It's hard to say what it is. I, I hesitate to say aliens because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But be that same, guy, But Dave. at the same time, you better not rule them out. Yeah. I mean, don't be that guy either. Exactly. Because that guy's- So many people want to rule that out though. So many people want to rule that out. They want to rule it. It's like, why would you rule it out? Can you rule it out? No, you're doing it just because you don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. The possibility of such- when I hear like the David Fravor incident where they talk about, where he talks about that TikTok shaped object mm-hmm. accelerating away from him at yeah. Mach 10, mm-hmm. right? Like going from zero to Mach 10 mm-hmm. instantaneously. Instantaneous. Ne- nearly instantaneous. Nearly. Yeah. It's like. I think blank. about that. People are like, that's just one of our new high tech drones. I'm like, if we have the technology to do that, we should have ended world hunger like two yeah. weeks ago. No kidding. Yeah. You know, like we, we have. We can go the- zero to Mach 10 in like a blink of an eye. Like. Okay, buddy. Like we can do it just to like scare some F-18 pilots. Right. Yeah. Like, like we got, we have technology out the wazoo and we should probably be doing better things than yeah. whatever we're doing yeah. with it. <laughs> Instead of building lightning fast Tic Tacs. <laughs> yeah. It's probably not the best use of our resources, guys. <laughs> like I'm thinking it, it takes how long to charge an electric vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, if you're on a home charger, a couple of days. Yeah. But okay. Um, yeah, that's so true though. That's a, that's an interesting incident, man. And watching those videos just kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies a little Mm -hmm. bit. So like these guys are guys that fly in the sky all of the time and they're locked in on something like, I don't know what the hell it is. What is this thing? And then it's doing stuff like we can't describe what it's doing really because we don't understand. Yeah. It's like, and there it goes and we don't know where it went. It's like, okay, that's a little unnerving. Well, and people will talk about that one and they're like, well, he works for the government. So it's clearly, it's clearly some manipulation operation. You can actually track that story. It became mainstream in 2014, but it was... It was on the internet in 2008 mm-hmm. and it was it happened in 2000. 
one and four. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, that guy wasn't being shy about his story to begin with. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like he just, all of a sudden they pulled him out of it, out of their pocket to, to draw political attention. That was a pretty organic story that took a while to gain steam and notoriety. And it took a while for somebody to leak that video from the Pentagon that was part of the corroboratory information. But there are ones where you're like, yeah, I thank you for the information right during the Hunter Biden hearing. And there's other stuff that's like, that is flat amazing. Yeah, exactly. The government has come out. We might've touched on this a little bit already. That's all right. The government's come out and said so much or not very much actually about UFOs. You ask yourself, how much more info do they have? Oh, yeah. How much more info do they have if they're willing to release this? Right. At the drop of a hat, we're going to release this information. Yeah, and I think it's a lot akin to like JFK. Like how much info do they have about the JFK assassination? And how much are they not releasing? I don't think we know who killed him. (laughs) How much much are they not releasing? Have you guys heard- How much could they release? Have you guys heard RFK talking recently? A little bit. No. Because it's amazing. He is he is coming like being really bold. He's talking about that and he's not pulling punches. He's like, look, this is what happened. This These are the people that my uncle's presidency hurt. And he's like, I don't buy the official story for this reason, this reason, and this reason. Mm-hmm. So and, what you're saying is he's going to get Clinton sometime this year. Uh, this he year. could. And the, could. the Secret Service denied him protection. Now, I, uh, I would uh, bet you that- I mean, it's, it might be better if the secret service is not going to protect him and he has private security, the private yeah. security might be able to do a better job. Sure. <laughs> Probably, maybe. You know, I mean, like if, if you, they'd have to vet the sources, but I mean, I, I bet you there's some Navy SEALs, Army Rangers out there that, that are on board with what he's doing oh, yeah. and would be happy to come sure. help that guy. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Why not? I think so too. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I mean though. Just kind of likening it to that because we know there's way more to the story about JFK that they're just unwilling to release, even though congressional s- committees have come out and said you need to release this. Oh yeah, you need to release this. You need to make this public knowledge, and yet they still hold it close to the vest. How much are they are they doing with the UFOs and stuff like that, and why? Like, what's their ulterior motive? A lot of people think it's because they don't want the citizenry to get you know up in arms and scared of all the stuff that's out there. It's like no, knowledge is power, and it's the fact that you're not giving us this knowledge and only this tidbit of stuff that's going to make people perturbed and scared about what could possibly be out there. So David Groish, the the whistleblower, he said, which is this an interesting point. He may be being used as a political tool, but one of the statements that he made is that he has personal knowledge of people that have been harmed to protect secrets about UFOs. And he said that he was not at liberty to discuss that because when he went and approved his his statement with Uh the declassification guys, they did not approve that portion of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so he says he can't tell you, he can say that it happened, but he can't tell you the specifics. So, I mean, it's very possible that there's a high profile case that made the news that could be solved by him making a statement that Dang. he's not at liberty to say. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. People have been harmed. What does that mean? Like political? Yeah. Right. Social or physical harm? What kind of harm are we talking here? All of the above, possibly? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they put him on psychiatric detention. They're trying to say that he, they're like a smear campaign to try to make it seem like he's a crazy guy. Mm-hmm. He has stated that the U.S. recovered non-human biologics from UFO crash sites. From human, I don't think we're talking UFO about the alien's sites. pet dog, if you're yeah, saying that, right? exactly. What's he talking about here? That's pretty interesting. We've kind of made light by talking about Independence Day, but... You know, in Independence Day, they, they go into the secret facility that's at Area 51 and they go down in the bunker and they've got these tubes filled with these aliens, aliens oh, yeah. that have crash landed on Earth and they've got their bodies now in these vats. Like, do you think, Fitz, do you think we got aliens in yes. the vats? Oh, absolutely. Think so? Yes. 
I am a big believer in the mainstream extraterrestrial alien yeah. conspiracy theory, whatever. Like, I, absolutely. Yeah. You totally believe that's legit? Yes. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. There's a lot of evidence I agree. to it support that. It wouldn't surprise that. me. Yeah. And I think part of it, too, is I just really hope that it's real. <laughs> I would love to just. They're saying non-human. They're, they're saying non-human biologics. Yes. Like, damn, dude, that's pretty crazy. That's a that's a crazy statement right there. Earlier, you were talking about predictive programming. You yes. brought up Independence Day. I think that it's interesting in that movie that the president doesn't know about that, right? Uh -huh. I think that today, I think that the president's known about Area 51 for a long time. Uh -huh. But to think that, I mean, there are so many projects, there's so much going on in the government. I think that you could easily just be keeping something like that, a deep state run thing. Yeah outside of the control of, of course. elected officials. Because they don't audit the government where they spend their money. Oh, really. yeah. So they could totally siphon off a bunch of cash to go pay for their special little projects and nobody has to know about. It doesn't have to be on a line sheet on the official reports. And didn't they only they only were able to account of, for a third of the DOD's budget? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a third, dude? <laughs> that's a huge budget, too. Yeah, that's a huge budget. It's a huge budget. Well, we're sure it got spent on good things. <laughs> Meanwhile, okay. Hunter Biden's got the DOD's credit card. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just can't, I can't, his, I can't line, his line sheet's like, hooker, 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 blow, hooker. <laughs> Hooker and blow. <laughs> so a couple of notes I made was the, the transdimensional stuff. Okay. Sorry, I'd forgotten about this. So there's a guy, um, he's an FBI agent, and he says that he is the guy Fox Mulder is based on. Oh, yeah? Uh, gosh, I can't remember his name. I didn't, I didn't think we were going to talk about transdimensional. But his argument is that the UFOs are transdimensional. Oh, really? He doesn't think that they're coming from somewhere else. Really? He thinks that they're coming from a different dimension. Hmm. Really? I guess. I like that. I mean, he is legitimately an FBI agent. He, he could be mentally ill. Deaky down. Sure. Yeah. But he, I mean, he was an FBI agent and he talks about a lot of the cases. Apparently his case was, one of his cases was chosen for the pilot. And if you watch the pilot of the X-Files, that was a case he worked. Okay. And he said that he got assigned the kooky cases because he got crosswise with one of his superiors mm. and they thought that they would punish him by giving him the... The weird, weird stuff. The weird stuff? Yeah. Please punish me. I, I want can't the weird stuff. I can't remember what his name is. <laughs> Fox but, Mulder. But he does, yeah, he does, he, I think he both wrote a book called The Extra Dimensionals. Oh, really? Yeah. So with Extra Dimensionals, I find that fascinating because that brings up, that brings in so many possibilities. The possibilities are like limitless when you start thinking about stuff like that. Because what do we understand about cross-dimensionality? Not really anything, which we don't know much about interstellar travel neither, but it's pretty interesting to think about the, the ramifications of that. Well, and we, th we, I was, so I was listening to uh, Eric Weinstein. I think he was talking with Joe Rogan and he's a, he's a physicist and he's talking about how people will continually say that you can't go faster than the speed of light mm -hmm. based on uh, Einsteinian relativity, mm -hmm. right? He, his argument is that we are not doing enough to find out the successor theory to Einstein's physics, right? Because Newtonian physics were there, and then Einstein showed with his theory of relativity that there were things that Newtonian physics did not explain adequately. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we know that there are things in, in our understanding of physics that aren't explained adequately. And so really, there is something out there that explains 
explains it better. We just don't understand it right. right. And so how that applies to traveling faster than light or to traveling cross dimensions mm-hmm. is something that we just don't understand. Yeah. We might understand it better if we could explain our physical world better. Mm-hmm. Cross dimensions. That's another one that's just like heavy on the brain too. Could okay. you ask yourself, what does that mean? Is it like alternate reality? Is it... Could it be Earth? Yeah, is there another, like, is there another Earth 247? Yeah, exactly. Is that what we're talking about know, here? Hundreds of years in in advance to us that are. Yeah. See, is there, this, is it, this is what it is. It's your posterity that's just fucking with us, oh, Jake. Is that what it is? <laughs> well, you got, if you're thinking, talking about this, I mean, you can talk about even tr- time travel is something that we've talked about, right? Yeah. As humans have explored mentally, if you had a time machine, it would have to be a time and space machine because mm-hmm. our planet and sun is moving through time and space mm-hmm. right now. So if I wanted to go back 500 years, I would have to not only go back in time 500 years, I'd have to go back in space to where the earth was was 500 years yeah, exactly. ago. exactly. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Time and space machine. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. There's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance there. I think, you know, we kind of touched on the topic of this, but we can maybe save it for another day, but also just kind of bring it up a little bit with the Philadelphia Project. So the Philadelphia Project, that what I understood is they're trying to develop a cloaking device for a battleship. And they had this, so awesome. they had this cloaking device and they were setting it up and you can jump in and correct me or whatever, but what I've heard. I don't have a lot of knowledge. I know they made a movie about this. Oh, I've never seen the movie. So there's, there is a movie called The Philadelphian Experiment where the, the battleship disappeared, right? Yes. Like, like it went away. It vanished completely. It never came back. So this is in the movie. The well, movie, I think the story that I heard. Okay. So yeah, this is what I've heard. And once again, I don't know if you could ever bear this out because I don't know if they have any information on it, if they've tried to hide it, or if these are just conspiracies. Once again, what I'd heard is that they had this they had this battleship out in who knows where it was, the, the port of some sort, and they run this machine. As the machine's getting ready to run, these people felt something extremely weird. Mm-hmm. And so they had a, crew, a full crew on top of this battleship, and a bunch of them felt like their, their lives were in danger, and a bunch of them jumped off the ship. But a lot of people stayed on the ship. And so when they jumped off the ship, and then the, the ship vanishes... And within a matter of moments, the ship is back again, sitting in the water. There was like the water had been displaced. The water that was there around it had right. been displaced, but it didn't have time to like fill that void. And then the, the ship was back again. Like it almost not like not necessarily went invisible, but traveled or something like that. And then when it came back, the people who stayed on the ship had been fused with like the hull. Oh goodness! People have been fused with parts of the ship when they came back. Almost like one. It was multiple objects when it left and yes. then it was one object came back to it. one you're talking about the space time yeah. right where, where you traveled did it travel like a, a brief moment in time and when it came back things had shifted so much that they had moved as well and then when it comes back now they're part of where the thing came back to but the people weren't part of that algorithm maybe who knows but that's what the that's what the story that i had heard was which is a crazy thing to think about i haven't seen the movie i've only I haven't uh, been adjacent to that and i haven't read much about it but i had heard that it was supposed to be based in a real incident. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I, we definitely should talk about it once we have time to do more research. Really delve into it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. do more research. But I think that'd be a cool topic yeah. too. One I want to talk about is adrenochrome, bro. Adrenochrome. Have you heard Tim Ballard talking about that? Uh-huh. You know, that's the- Did you go see that? Oh, yeah. Such a good show. Yeah, uh, good grief. I, I cannot believe that, first of all, it has done so well. Yeah. 
$14, I think that they're past $160 million yeah. and they had a $14.5 million yeah. budget. Uh-huh. And I cannot believe the pushback on I it. I know. Like, <laughs> first of all, the, the, the story, I mean, I think it's probably about, I think it's probably on the accurate side yeah. of Hollywood movies about, sure. about true stories. We know that there's stuff in there that's not, not accurate. Sure. Because you cannot, you cannot tell a story in a movie format. It's not going to be. So the gal who he goes down and saves, uh-huh. he actually never got to find her. Yeah. He's still looking for her. So that's, you know, that's Hollywoodized. Yeah. You go down to the, the little place and find her and rescue her and bring her back. Mm-hmm. But the boy that he rescued did have a sister and he's like, was, was his mission to find that girl. He still hasn't found her yet though. Yeah. So yeah, there's Hollywoodized portions of it, but the story itself, the base meat and potatoes of it is a very, very accurate story. And there's pushback, which is interesting, like you're saying, because five years ago, Tim Ballard was seen by the media that he was a darling of the media. They loved him what he was doing. And now when his movie starts to come to light and the way that the world has shifted in the last five years, now they're trying to demonize him and say that he's looking, he's like a glory hound. And they're like, don't talk about adrenochrome. Yeah. Well, why not? What? Okay, if, agree, if, if adrenochrome is not a real thing, yeah. then we should be able to talk about it a lot because yeah. then we'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Instead, they're like, you're a kook if you talk about that. Yeah. Well, what does that do? Yeah, why are you trying to shout us down? If you can't talk about it, I mean, how are you ever supposed to sort things out, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Can you imagine if like you had like some five-year-olds and they were just like, hey, look, I don't think that the tooth fairy is real and yeah. here's why. Yeah. Well, I saw my mom put a dollar under my pillow. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. I guess we don't, we don't necessarily want to ruin the tooth fairy for these five-year-olds. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, what are we worried about happening from people talking more, yeah. right? Like malinformation. Malinformation, if it's out of context, if it hurts your feelings, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about yeah. it. That means we need to talk about it more so that we can so get we can the understand it better. Yeah. yeah. I personally don't think that I don't think that Tim Ballard is trying to mislead anyone. I mm-hmm. think that he uh, people will be like, he's so salesy. And I'm like, you know what? If you're running that and you want people to get involved, you need to be a little salesy. You want people to buy in? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're telling me that he's too commercialized, that he's too pushing hard for donations. One person was talking about how how he one year he got paid three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I was thinking about it. Okay. I was like a military contractor gets paid about a thousand dollars a day because mm-hmm. they have to go exist in a foreign country all the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's about the same. He's working with military contractors. Mm-hmm. It's going to be expensive to be in his field and he has a family to take care of. Are we really going to be saying that he can't make money yeah. and provide for his family? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a stupid argument. $350,000 is a lot of money, probably if you're living stateside, but it's not sure. a lot if you're doing that. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't think anymore. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, if you're doing that kind of work, dude, that's absolutely, that's a low pay for all the shit that he has to deal with it's tough i uh i like that guy i had my misgivings about him at first just because you i mean i only knew what the media was saying and the media was kind of like lambasting him a little bit and then i looked further into him and i said dude i like this guy he's doing a good thing here i like that that's pretty interesting though because like the adrenochrome thing like he talks about that where they've got those baby factories down in africa where they're just like impregnating these women and then taking these babies out and doing whatever they got to do with them like selling them to the highest bidder for you know their blood or, you know, organs and stuff like that, which is crazy to think about. Well, we know that Uyghur, Uyghurs are getting harvested in China mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And Uyghur Muslims. Yeah. And we have every indication. I mean, there are people that have, have uh, provided evidence that the, there is a person that flies around with the Chinese president all the time. And if he has a failure of one of his organs, that guy's just drawn the short straw. He's, they're going to get the transplant out of that guy. Yeah. That's gangster. That's crazy. 
That's how I know China's going to rule the world. <laughs> They're willing to sacrifice I, everybody. I mean, if we don't, if we pretend like the world is egalitarian, I mean, that's so, it's naive. Yeah. Very. I always enjoy these episodes. I love these episodes. This they're is fun. our third one, and it's these are by far some of my favorite yeah, ones. To it's record. fun just to it's fun just to come down here and really kind of get into some stuff that's nuanced, and mm-hmm. you know you don't know. And this was like some of those other ones we were able, like some of the other ones we've talked about in our different conspiracy episodes. It's like no, this was conspiracy, and now it's been proven out to be like factual mm-hmm. you know this one is conspiracy we can't really truly prove anything yet you can't sure. prove there's an alien living next door to you but could there be could I they be wearing so. an egger skin suit i hope so <laughs> he's got an egger suit so okay hold on hold on before we, before we go to anything else, if you could choose any alien invasion oh we didn't movie movie video games like whatever it is what would be your preferred alien invasion the type of alien invasion i'd want yeah well, Mars, like Mars attacks, Mars attacks or would be pretty dope. Just play some crazy music and their heads explode. That'd be cool. Too. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Mars attacks and Jack Jack Nicholson is your president. <laughs> yeah, <Jack. laughs> I mean he goes out like a gangster. Yeah, he does goes out like a gangster, <laughs> dual wielding, throws guns, and then flips them off and then yeah. gets stepped on. That's yeah, I like it. It's kind of gangster. Um, I don't know, dude. I, have you seen um, what's his face who, who plays Maverick? Top oh, Gun, War of the World, Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah, Tom Cruise, War of the Worlds. So, have you seen that one? An alien invasion? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, why is it not? Because they're dormant in the ground, aren't they? They come up through the ground. They are aliens. They're aliens. They pre-staged their equipment. Oh, they pre-staged it, and then they start coming down. They like. I haven't seen that in a while. He comes down. But I want that. No, those things seem freaking extra tough to kill but if they were susceptible to human diseases then that would be very helpful. That'd be kind of nice, except for you got a lot of them. Hey, Wuhan would be back on top. The Wuhan lab, they could make us some new diseases. <laughs> I bet you they already have. <laughs> yeah. They see a movie, they're like, make that. Beat that movie right now. Um, I don't know. What about Alien? So you're going to War of the Worlds? No, Alien. I'm saying, what about Alien? Oh, Alien. That would be cool. That would be kind of tough, though. Those things are freaking nasty. Yeah. And they bleed acid, bro. That sucks. On the Earth, and it wouldn't be that. It wouldn't one. be as bad to fight them on the Earth, though, because if you blew one up, it wouldn't breach the whole of your space. That's true. That's. But I mean, we saw in Aliens that if you get their blood on you, on you, you're yeah, dead. toast, bro. Yeah, that's you're toast. A, it's super bad. <laughs> No boy, no. So is that what you'd go with? No, Alien? No, hell no. I hate those things. Those Mother things, I, was, I was terrified of those things as a child. Xenomorphs, bro? No, thank you. For, I can't handle a xenomorph. For the sake of the world, I think Predator. Predator? Because he what takes the what he wants. Fuck? He takes what he wants and he leaves. It's true. Hold on, wait, but it the the premise is it's an invasion. Well, you don't call that an invasion? It was a one man alien. No, you don't invade <laughs> with one man. <laughs> Okay. When you are when you are the force multiplier, you do. He was the force multiplier. Invasion. He didn't count on Dutch. <laughs> that's true. Dutch got him, bro. Arnold just had to get him. That was a good. That's a good ass show. But that's one. That's such a good show. Took out an entire Delta team. I know, and yeah. the team before him too, and the and the Israelis before yes. them. Yeah, it took. It out just a bunch. shows you, like, I know that they had good special effects for the time, but the storytelling is just so much superior. So to the, much things superior, that we get bro. It was so fun. Think and, about that. That first show that came out with Arnold. You're talking about the first Predator. Yeah, the right? first Predator. Damn, that show, like you said, the the special effects aren't what they but that's what i think makes it better because you couldn't rely upon your special effects to carry your movie you had to go on site you had to go with you had to have realistic site yes exactly had to have realistic and, stuff and the story had to bear itself out mm-hmm. it was fantastic even with jesse ventura in it i know <laughs> 
He had some good lines in there. He had some awesome. It'll turn you into a gosh damn sexual Tyrannosaurus. Yes, that was good. What is he? What is he? Yeah, that's a great one. What does he say? Uh, dug in like a Alabama tick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you're bleeding. He's like, ain't got time to bleed. Hell yeah, ain't got that, time. But that's to bleed. that typical Delta, yes. you know, type A, super type A mentality. You know, the the other one in regards to like special effects, the other Predators movie, the one where they get taken to that alien planet, that must have been super expensive to get those actors out onto an alien planet. <laughs> oh my film on location. Yeah, like you talk about special effects. Think about the first Alien. When did that come out? 1979. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 79. And that was some freaking stuff. Thing about it is, too, that they did really well, I think, in movies of that era, is they wouldn't show like the monster all yes. damn movie long. It was like in the shadows, mm-hmm. cloaked, and then at the end, then it's coming out. Yeah. So it's like, damn, your suspense is building up so much because mm-hmm. you don't know what's coming. You're like just little glimpses here and there. And then when it finally does, you're like, oh shit, ah. this sucks. Yeah. You never So that was crazy. You never get a look at it. You know what else is yes. that that alien changes throughout the movie. It starts out white yeah. and then turns to a gray. Yeah. You only catch it's little super glimpses. scary. Well, now I have to go watch it. So, again. I don't remember that. So also I think we've talked about this before, but I'll mention mentioned again because Dave wasn't here when we were talking with Jeremy but when when they filmed the on the alien the first show when they filmed the dinner scene where they're all in the little cafeteria and the alien busts out of the dude's chest mm-hmm. they didn't oh, tell yes. they didn't tell any of the oh, actors that's what they were right. going to do are you kidding me they didn't tell anybody that's what was going to happen <laughs> the only one who knew was the director the people running the cameras and, and the, the dude who had the alien in his chest well he had so this know, is right? yes absolutely <laughs> obviously he didn't know he was like ah, surprise <laughs> so obviously he knew too but he when really dies things are happening, if you look at it, there's general concern on all the actors' faces. And of course, they don't know what's going on. So they go up to him like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, this thing rips through his chest. The girl who plays, not Sigourney Weaver, but the other female who's on cast, I can't remember her name, but apparently it fucked her up so bad that she had mental issues for the rest of her fucking life. Are you kidding me? Because she didn't know that was going to happen. It scarred her. Bad. Like, she's suing TriStar or whatever the, the <laughs> yeah. production company was. <laughs> Lasting damages, you assholes. I know. So I that didn't think that a, so alien could come out of somebody's chest. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about special effects. That was that was the kind of stuff. Oh, think about another one. Um, this isn't really mentioned, or we haven't mentioned it, but the the thing. Oh, you seen the thing? I just barely watched the thing for the first oh, time like Kurt a Russell? month ago. Fantastic How good is that? movie. That show Holy is so cow. good. Like Kurt Russell. It. I haven't you it. haven't seen it? It is good, huh? The thing John about, Carpenter as the director. I, I feel like I so I told my brother, I was telling him about I'm like, I just saw this thing, you the thing you need to go see it. And I'm telling him about it, and I'm like, it sounds like the worst movie. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so dumb it out loud, but doesn't give it justice. But it's not though. It is no. so good. It's so nuanced because they're stuck down there in Antarctica and they don't know who the bad guy is. Oh yeah. Very the much. entire time you're like, damn, it, it could be any of us. Well, and it's so intriguing because you got that, you got the flying saucer in the ice. We're like, we're going to show you this weird, crazy flying saucer in the ice, but it doesn't matter. No. That's just, that's just a little piece of the story. You have to think about, you have to wonder about that forever. Yes, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty awesome. So it's a good show and Kurt Russell's in it. He's a stud. I like Kurt Russell. Yeah. So that sucked to have those guys because those guys, I mean, the body snatchers, bro, they come down and take your body. You don't know who's who. Have you ever seen They Live? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like that. They Live is a great show. Yeah, what's his face? Rowdy Roddy, Roddy Piper. Well, and- <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper. For all I'm the- here to kick <laughs> ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of gum. Is that what he says? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Roddy. 
I'm trying to decide whether I can show my kids they live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I like, think you can, dude. I yeah, think you well, can. I mean, I don't know. It depends on you, but I probably, well, I, maybe the, not my six-year-old. The thing is, I want to teach my children how to think. I know that like, I probably, I probably consider that some things are true that aren't, right? Yeah. I try not to to make decisions like that are going to change my life based on that, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, there have been so many times where it's like you get wrapped up in the momentum of society mm-hmm. and you don't think about what you should do, mm-hmm. right? If you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I would love to make sure that my children are thinking about, yeah. like not getting swept along with the crowd. I mean, it's the peer pressure thing, yeah. but it's on a bigger scale, right? So the, the, they live, the premise of that is like an alien races come down and they're taking over the bodies of the people, but you don't know that they're aliens, that you think that they're your flipping neighbor still. But also they've got this program that they're doing every single thing that is like a billboard or a news article or a TV commercial or whatever it is. It's all programming that they're putting into the media to try to control the people. And it's like, don't resist give up, uh, let in. It's basically what it is, yeah. but it's hidden behind the message. Like mm-hmm. The true message, this guy can see the true messages. message. Yeah, this guy can see the true message, but when he puts these glasses on that are the alien's glasses, he can actually see the true message that's behind it, the subliminal bullshit. And so he has to fight against that Is that, that a, beast. Is that a modern or is in it the 80s? 80s. Yeah, Came 80s. out in the 80s, yeah. I kind of like that idea. And it's funny because, like, how true is that nowadays? Mm-hmm. Like, how much of marketing is there to manipulate you? You look at your phone. Everything you do on your phone is freaking manipulative marketing that they do. Anything that you get on your phone, any application, mm-hmm. you go onto YouTube, it's all manipulative marketing. You listen to the, you listen to the savages. We don't manipulate you guys. You're welcome, by the way. No, we do. We I mean, manipulate the shit out of you guys. Okay, we do. To be more savage. You're welcome. You guys have no You're idea. Welcome. How manipulated you guys are. How many are pineapples right have you guys bought? That was uh, fit. Sorry. You're welcome. You're welcome. You guys selling pineapples? <laughs> Ladies, you're welcome for my service to your men. You should watch They Live. Yeah. That is that is on but my We've list. given we'll, them some good ones we'll to watch. The Thing. The Thing, thing and, and They, they live. live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Thing's good. Watch The Thing and then watch They Live. Because there's two of them, right? There's the old one and then didn't they do a remake of The, the thing? thing? Yeah, it's a not the same though. Do the old one. So the, the, the new thing it's is like a, a prequel. Prequel. Oh, okay. But it's I, not good. Dude. I watched it. It's not it, worth it. No. The problem is, is like there are questions in the thing that you watch and they don't need to be answered. No. <laughs> no, they don't. And I don't want to blow the clamps off. You know what we're, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So you can, you know, like, don't tell him because I want him to find yeah. out about it. But there's definitely, they leave, they leave things open to interpretation. Yeah. Which is nice. Well, you don't have to have it all tied up with a bow. Because then you have that, that discussion. Yeah. Right? I like that stuff. It's like you're talking about with the monster and alien. Though. Yeah. Like, we don't need to see the whole no. alien. If we see the whole alien, if we see the dude in his suit, we can see the zipper. Exactly. Like, we don't need to see exactly. a great yeah. image. We It's supposed to be... Yeah. There's supposed Play to be this. your fear. Yeah. Yes. The, the audience fear. Let your brain, your brain is going to make up whatever creature way better than you yeah. could ever demonstrate on TV. That's why books are so phenomenal because your mind can make it up. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing with Ender's Game. Uh-huh. Did you ever read that book? No, I haven't read it. But I saw the show. The movie fucking the show sucks. sucks. They fucked it, it up. It sucks. Harrison Ford, Harrison I hate Ford? you for being a part of that. He sucks always, bro. Uh, he's Han Solo, bitch. He was cool like How 30 years ago. How dare you talk about Han Solo? Any like, movie cool after 2000. 40 years ago, yeah. yeah after 2000, 2000, 2000 was the cutoff. Yeah, 2000 cutoff, bro. I will fuck you up with this wooden sword. Let's do it. <laughs> But the the book for Ender's Game, yeah, a I hear the books are really good. Gazillion times better yeah. than the movie. Yeah, I went and saw the movie, super excited. Yeah, within the first eight minutes, <laughs> I was ready to leave. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I was so pissed. I mean, you have to have the right subject matter and 
execution to make a, a movie good. It's, it's about yeah, a book. it's hard to take a book because the ability you have to form whatever it is the book is trying to translate to you is so amazing in your brain, and then to yes. see somebody's own interpretation of that try to put onto film is going to be vastly different than what you think. Mm-hmm. Even great ap- adaptations like Jurassic Park. I was going to say Jurassic Park. Great movie, but you read the book and you're like, totally different. And that's probably so one of the best different. adaptations though that I've oh, seen yeah. personally. Yeah, it's a great ap- adaptation. It yeah. is great. But like, I watch it and and I've read the book. I mean, like the last time I, I had food poisoning a couple of years ago and I was, you know, in my bed, just sad. And so I got Jurassic Park off the bookshelf and read it. And I was like, man, this is effing fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you got Muldoon in the movie who's... Yeah, he's like the the skeptic and the realist, but in the book he kicks ass. He blows yeah. raptors up with a rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's like that's effing awesome. Yeah, why can't we do that in the movie, guys? Come on, yeah. that would have been freaking awesome. Let's blow some raptors with a rocket launcher. Who, who's gonna run around with a, a normal gun against dinosaurs? No shit. Like, give me explosives. At least exactly. give me a forty mic. Yeah, like, you gotta have a forty mic. A little bit more of a punch. Yeah, to it. exactly. Yeah, well, and that would have been a great adaptation for the movie. They're like, where are we gonna get a rocket launcher? Yeah. Oh, give him a forty mic. That I mean, yeah, wunderbar. Great way to adapt. Yeah. a book to a film. Yes, exactly. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, you're good, dude. I was just saying, with all of that, we still haven't come to consensus or our own opinion. Which alien invasion would you want? And for why? Why would you want that? So Predator doesn't count. It's got to be you, an invasion. Okay. So as yeah, to be unless a, you want a bunch of Predators invading, we would okay, get that. that oh, would we'd be get horrible. fucked hard. See, in that case, I would choose the zombie. The zombie apocalypse. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, dude. If it's Predators we're not, we're versus not, zombie, hey, we're not saying we're not saying zombie or right, right. alien. We're just saying which this alien. Is, which would you alien want? would you prefer? Yeah, which alien would you prefer? So I'll go first then. Okay. Because I've thought about this for a while. Right, I haven't. Go. There's a lot to choose from. I like the Independence Day because I'm a very big fan of the movie. I like I yeah, like the movie. The first one was good. I am a very big Halo fan. Xbox. Yes. Okay. So I, I would Halo. go with the Covenant Invasion. Really? Yes. Can for, we have the co- technology that Halo has though, please? Sure. Okay. I'd be sure. down. I'd be down. Uh, little kidnapped super soldiers, Spartan yeah. 117. I'm okay yeah. with that. I'd be down. <laughs> the pull for that, at least for me, is the varying alien species. You like right? It's not variety. just one alien species. This, <laughs> you like variety. This group. Oh, yeah. You like variety. <laughs> but they have like a bunch of different species that they all oh, come together. So you're okay. fighting a whole bunch of- Okay. So. All right. Plus, it seems all like right. a big, bit of a challenge. Okay. I think it's always going to be a challenge. Well, I don't know. If, if Mars attacks happened, yeah. I think that one would not last very no, long. No, it wouldn't last very long. <laughs> even, even without the music. What even about, without the music, I don't see the military being like, oh, we're going to get fucked up by them. Like, think no, about, I think that one, we we win fairly quickly. So also another one you think you'd win fairly quickly. I can't believe that maybe it was the time. I haven't watched it for flipping decades, but uh, Signs with Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah. When those aliens come and attack, it's like, how are we losing to those guys? They're a bunch when of pussy asses. When their weakness is water. It's water, bro. Get your freaking super soaker out. Like the Melt fallacy in the aliens. Yeah. The fallacy in that whole story is this advanced alien species comes to earth and they decide to go down on the surface. That is 70%. Yeah. Their weakness. Yes. Like not only they, don't, that, they don't look at that and they're like, yeah, now let's go to the next planet. But think about this though. Also. So Mel Gibson traps the, or goes to the house that the person's trapped the right. alien in the pantry or whatever. Uh-huh. And it reaches its hand through and like scares everybody yeah. right on the show. And then he chops the fingers off with a knife. In one one hit. One hit. It chops all the fingers off. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, those things aren't going to be, like, they're going to get stopped by my guns, bro. Yeah. They're going to be fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. Just start unloading. Like My shotgun is going to do work, bro. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be fun. That'll be fun. 
See, that's what I'm looking at. I want, I want to have some fun. Yeah. And like not really have to try very hard, but just kill the <laughs> You're shit running out around with an AR and your oh. your sidearm is a super soaker. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Think about it is I would feel boom, good about boom, reload, pew, pew, pew. I'd feel good about arming the little kids. Oh yeah. Guys, get your <laughs> yeah. guns. So. Yeah. Yes, Friendly yeah. fire, no problem. Exactly. Water balloons. I'm a little wet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just hang out in the swimming pool. Exactly. Hang out in the swimming pool, kids. We'll yeah, be back in four. We'll yeah, be we're back in a little bit. <laughs> if an alien comes, just swim. <laughs> Splash it. <laughs> Splash the shit out of it. This is the one time when splashing is allowed. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weak. Uh, that was kind of weak. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, yeah, if you have to protect the earth, that's the, that's the alien invasion you want. Yeah, yeah, serious. Now, here's the question. What alien invasion do you think we'll get if we, if we ever get an alien invasion? That's a good question. If you're going to get an alien going to travel across the constellations to get over here. It is going to be a far superior Yeah, dude, you're fucked. Alien. Like, do you think you could really fight anything? Technologically, yes. You couldn't fight? How, yes. how are you going to do anything against it? It's, it's traveled across the freaking interstellar travel. Will. <laughs> sheer. Well, have you not heard the speech? I'm saying. The we're president gonna, gives at the end of Independence today. Day. It's yeah. our Independence Day. Yeah. We will not go quietly into the night. That is a great we will speech. Not I love give that. Give up speech. without a fight. We will live on. Gosh dang. Yeah, that's a good one. I get a if Bill Pullman I watch does a good job. Makes me stand up. Let's go kick some yeah, ass. Exactly. Makes me want to crank off rounds in my yeah. bedroom at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that would be a tall order, I think, though, if you're having something travel yeah. across the interstellar to the Earth to take over, whatever, take our resources or kill us, annihilate us, I think we're kind of screwed, bro. Like, we're going to try to fight them, but man, I don't know how much of a chance we got. If they got the technology to get over here, they probably have the technology to wipe us out. Bunch of naysayers. <laughs> Bunch of quitters already. Well, they can clearly, they can disable our nukes. I know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. With a little that's red blinking true. ship, bro. No nukes. Um, So would you rather fight aliens or the zombies, bro? Aliens. Would you? Why? Zombies just, and I don't want to sound cocky or like an ass, like, oh, zombies just sound too easy. Oh. All you need is an elevated location and plenty of ammo. No kidding. So, and, and the, movie, kind of the fun, movies though. don't do it justice, right? Like, kind you, of fun. so we've been watching The Walking Dead. And so dumb. There's, it, it's a great story. It's very it's entertaining. Dumb. But I'm sitting there thinking, like, dude, if this is for for a random bunch of people put together, like, that's not a bad setup, right? They they do the best they can. But between us and our pool of friends and our acquaintances and associates, and dude, like, good luck. At a minimum, you've got a gaggle of cops mm-hmm. who know what they're doing with weapons, who are tactically sound, right? They understand the the whole thing about being trusting and trustworthy, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like, mm-hmm. dude, good luck. Mm-hmm. Even against one of those humongous hordes, like, mm-hmm. I would be fairly confident with a couple dozen cops going up against a horde of several hundred like mm-hmm. the average human is a certain height right if you miss the zombie's head you're aiming for there's a good chance you're gonna hit the zombie right. behind him and yeah the- yeah exactly i think that and it all kind of depends about how the zombie infection starts sure is it a worldwide phenomenon where half the population is now zombies or more right. like that would suck balls mm-hmm. that would suck balls that'd be hard to flip and take on right but if it's like slowly metastasizing and coming across and more and more people are getting turned because they're getting bitten not because it's a viral agent that's coming through the skies or it's like in the drinking water or something like mm-hmm. that like people have to like a few, it's gotta be transmitted a few first somehow. that are, you know, bitten or just infected and then they have to like produces by their bites or whatever, scratches, mm-hmm. bites and whatnot. Okay. I think that I would like to actually fight in something like that. That's kind of a wet dream of mine. Yeah. You guys play Left for Dead? 
Yeah, I never have actually. It's fantastic. I was, I was good thinking. Game. I was thinking Resident Evil. Resident Evil is a oh, good game too. Left for Dead is exactly what you're talking about, though. Just hordes of zombies. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the little witch girl or the little yeah. the little girl that cries. Yeah. In the first one, that was really. There fun. have been several times I've scared myself. Like, oh shit. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, okay, this this is my clue to go to bed. <laughs> different different zombie game, but I was I was one time playing Half Life Two. This is years ago in the dark. Uh huh. And my wife saw me in there playing, and she scared me so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I can't. I mean, she wins. <laughs> Holy That's crap! Funny. I've never been scared worse than that. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> you might need to call an ambulance. I don't think my heart is working properly. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh. Anyway, so that's our uh, that's our episode, guys. Uh, a lot of conspiracies there. Hope yeah, you guys liked it. If you guys like conspiracies, hit us up. Send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know conspiracy that you want us to talk about and send in your requests, obviously. Uh, we love talking conspiracies, so if you've got something that you want to talk about, just let me know, and then we'll uh, we'll get it on the schedule and talk about it. Yeah. Send them uh, along with your feet pics for Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy does like feet pics. <laughs> He's he's down on the weather right now, so feet so pics will help I don't him. Uh, feet pics, gross. Sight. But it's it's for Jeremy. I know, but I'm gonna see him too. Stop being fucking selfish, Jake. It's not selfish. always about you. When it comes to feet pics, I'm selfish. <laughs> they better look good. No troll feet, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> now send all the troll feet. All the troll feet. Hashtag uh, this is for Jeremy. This is for Jeremy. <laughs> Get better, buddy. Imagine this in your mouth. i didn't go that far i'm just saying that was that was me all right so do we got our savage of the week we do indeed let's jump into that our savage of the week is a medal of honor recipient from the vietnam war who is marine first lieutenant harvey barnum whose nickname is barney he received the medal of honor in vietnam during his first tour second battalion ninth marines he was you said his name is harvey weinstein it is Harvey Barnum. Uh, he sorry. is the nephew of Barnum and Bailey. Oh, oh really? Nice. Oh, he's got freaking clowns and elephants up in this bitch. All right. Uh, Lieutenant Barnum is a, he's an artillery scout. So he is the one that calls in for artillery strikes in Vietnam. And so the story is several years ago, but this news article is from July 30th. So uh, a this couple, year? Yes. Okay. So a couple weeks ago. Not long ago. Uh, the reason that he is kind of being brought up again is because they just named an Arleigh Burke class Navy destroyer in his name, the USS Harvey C. Barnum Jr. Okay. Way that he got the Medal of Honor is he was boots on the ground for like four or five days and they're out on this patrol. They're about to kick off this uh, this mission called Operation Harvest Moon and December 18, 1965, his unit gets ambushed. Uh, right off the bat, the Commanding officer of his unit goes down. The radio operator goes down. Everyone hits the deck and everyone's looking at him. Everyone's looking for him to, to get orders and everything like that. He hears the Navy corpsman run past him saying that the commander's been hit. In the middle of this ambush, First Lieutenant Barnum gets up, runs towards the CO, drags him back to safety where the CO dies in his hands. They have like they're talking for a brief second and then dude dies in his hand. So he gets up again, runs all the way back to the forward position, grabs the radio, throws it on his back, runs back over, uh, back behind some cover with the rest of the unit. He starts calling in artillery or he tries to call in artillery and realizes that it's the danger's too close. So danger close for artillery is, is, uh, for them to use that would be very detrimental for his own unit. So instead he pulls out his 45 handgun, stands up in the middle of this attack and leads a counterattack into this jungle. And he yells at his guys and he just says, follow me. And 
he just goes charging off into the freaking jungle so of course as marines do they all jump up and they all start running after him they end up securing this not a beachhead but like this little ravine and so he sets up a defense they start trying to call in some more artillery he ends up standing on top in this open field area and he's radioing in helicopters to pick up the wounded to bring in like reinforcements troops he's standing out there bullets are flying past him and he's with his hands pointing to where the helicopters need to come in and this battle rages on for hours he stayed there the whole time they end up beating back the enemy they win this battle and then he gets the the medal of honor and he is the if i if i read this properly he's the only medal of honor recipient in vietnam to go back for a second tour after receiving the medal of Dang, honor so he gets badass. the highest medal you can get and then he goes back for more <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy good for him that is our our savage of the week nice retired marine harvey barney barnum savage of the week guys sir hopefully you enjoyed that check out that uh, destroyer let us know what you think pretty yeah. sweet little ship huh i think it's still in dry dock they're doing some finishing touches on it i think it it'll be delivered to the navy in the next couple months nice but yeah destroyers are sweet you gotta christen that thing soon if your guy is 83 years old yeah yeah, he's one of the he's one of the only people alive that have a a battleship or a, any kind of ship named after them. Oh yeah, and still alive. That's cool. Uh, so. There aren't there aren't very many living Medal of Honor recipients. True. Yeah, true that. All right, well, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Catch you on the flip side. Checking our social medias: Instagram, Facebook, YouTube's, all that fun stuff. Dave, thanks for coming out. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Also. Guys, we're making up uh, some new shirts. Hopefully, we get those out here pretty soon. I've had some requests for these tank tops. This tank top that I've gone right yeah, here. I like it. Domesticated Savage tank top. So, if you guys want some tanks, just hit me up. Always remember, stay savage. Stay savage. Have a nice night. <laughs> Have a nice <laughs> night. <laughs>